Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Lightbringers podcast, episode two of season two. Indeed, with new artwork, new awesomeness, and new expansions. Uns, exactly. Yes, because, oh my God, blog post. There's going to be exciting stuff. We're not going to talk about it right, right now because we're going to do a little bit of an intro after Kruf has done their mouth warm up. You've got to do it now. No one can hear you yet, sorry. Um, <laughs> they can now. Um, <laughs> that is not... Wow, Kruf. Kruf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening anymore. Oh, okay. Got you. Excellent. you got to stretch the tongue, too. Because you don't want your tongue getting caught on your teeth. Absolutely. What? <laughs> what? Your tongue is a muscle, Jebro, and you must exercise it. You must make sure that it is flexible, it is ready to go, it's dexterous, able to articulate in the best possible way. Hey, I also have a very, I have a chronically small mouth, and my orthodontist makes a point to tell me that every time. So sometimes <laughs> when what? I'm talking and doing like narration work, you'd be surprised. My tongue actually like gets caught on my teeth when I'm trying to say a word, and I'm just like, damn it. You have a small mouth? I, I mean, that's you don't have a small fight. mouth. What are they? What are they talking about? You have like a normal sized mouth. You think your dentist is well, a liar? What a weird thing to point out every time. Yeah, like they are actually a lying small. person. But I'm also four feet tall. Wait, so, are you really that? Short? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so me, yay! But I'm not sure about like height, height to mouth size ratio. If that's a thing, yeah. I don't <laughs> think I don't matter? think that works. I don't think that's actually a thing. A chat, is it a thing? Please tell us. Uh, also, if you are watching on YouTube or wherever else you want to comment or you're allowed to comment, um, please, yes, in form of... I don't know anymore. Uh, I feel seen in chat. Thank Man, you. Yes. Wait, what are they saying? My orthodontist oh. makes fun of my tiny mouth too. Oh, wait, really? That's someone, that's really... That's I awful. It doesn't stretch like the 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 cheeks and everything. I don't know. They're like, wow, you're just I really did not realize that there was a bullying <laughs> issue with orthodontists and small mouths. Who did that? Yeah, I know. I, I feel like we should be advocating for people when I go to the orthodontist now. I'm like, what's happening? So you guys you are should. talking about the bullying, and all I can think of is the Seinfeld episode where it's like they do things to you for that to to be able to put in like playboy magazine and like write in for it and stuff oh Have, you guys ever yeah, seen yeah, that yeah, yeah. i remember that one that oh my god i was in that so long <laughs> my orthodontist says i have a small mouth and i'm like yep that'd be when in the, the write-ins <laughs> <laughs> uh, see that zandri zandri's been not been here for a long time and is already right back in <laughs> completely completely back in didn't take long we're, we're, we're here, we're ready. We're good. Um, okay. Today's episode is going to be about the recent blog post that we had from Guild Wars 2. A massive blog post which talked about loads of things. But first of all, we're going to do a bit of an intro. Because why not? We didn't do that last time. Forgot. I know it can take a while sometimes, that's probably why. Also, <laughs> because it's just excited about the first episode. Also, if you've been wondering about where we have been, uh, I had some tests and exams and stuff, so sorry we had a week off. Um, and also just busy with school and internship, so life gets in the way sometimes and sometimes things can't happen, but we're back now. Um, and it's awesome to see everyone, as well as 
have you listening in in chat if you're live here or if you're listening live on spotify or youtube itunes whatever the hell you want to be Kroof, tell us what you do where you do it and uh, also question is with a small mouth what is the most difficult food to eat <laughs> This might be the worst question yet. Deborah. It's not a general uh, question. Too. It's not a general question. It's just a question to Groof. <laughs> it's not. You don't. You both don't have to answer this. This is the icebreaker before we start. Okay. Hi everyone. I'm Kroof. I do a lot of YouTube stuff where I cover Guild Wars 2. I'm definitely going to be doing more Guild Wars 2 videos soon. I also am here on Twitch for most of the week, Tuesday really to, to Saturday, and I just found a micro USB cord to plug my Xbox One controller into my PC, so I'm actually going to be start playing uh, Elden Ring soon, maybe today actually. Um, but lovely to be back. In terms of the hardest thing to fit in my mouth. No, I said eat food. You have to put it into your mouth. You, what am I going to be doing? Like just eating I mean, biophotosynthesis? I, 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 think, I think Rook's already there. was there for a while about what potentially was going to come up in this oh. conversation, but... Um, well, I, I would say, honestly, it, it just yes, all depends on the size. It just depends on the size from okay. a burrito to a burger. If it's a bit, um, if it's a bit large, sometimes, like you know, in the you gotta... box. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's one particular food that I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but... Oh, God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See, we don't swear much on this strip. Well, I'm normally the one who does, but like, I like to keep it clean. It's all about the... Um, yeah, we can tell. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> we don't say the words. We just say the words. Like, do you know what I mean? Anyway, great answer. Thank you so much, Kruf. You're always, it's always great to have you here. Um, <laughs> Ruguru, tell us what you do, where you do it, and... What did you have for breakfast? Oh, that's a good, safe question. Um, hi, I'm Rookery. Uh, previously Bird of Chess, but uh, you can call me Rook. You can find me on Twitch, on YouTube now, uh, Twitter, Instagram, many places here on the internet. But wherever I am, I am usually uh, playing MMOs, particularly Final Fantasy XIV and Guild Wars 2. Um, I am very much about, you know, I think rediscovering the love that we have for games, sometimes in a space or internet that wants to just drain you of that. Um, and I love hearing about what is hard for Curve to fit in their mouth. So um, <laughs> those are really my two interests, and we will be discussing this uh, aggressively in the coming weeks on my channels, but you can also find a lot of other content there, lore content, um, and my full playthrough of End of Dragons that's going to be going up very soon, starting this week. Did I say everything else? Oh, and I had a bagel with cream cheese for breakfast. It oh. was not hard to fit in my mouth. It was oh. fine. Was it, it toasted was or was that it just like... so good. It was. It was toasted and it was a whole wheat everything bagel. That's me trying to be healthy. And then yes. I slathered it in so much cream cheese that I think any health benefits were completely eradicated. So whole, Was there whole like wheat, onion yeah. in the cream cheese though? Or something like that? Oh, like like a flavored? I normally do chive cream cheese. Well, see, yeah, that's Ooh. like a bit. 
Yeah, see, easy veggies. What, the flavor yeah. of it? That don't count. <laughs> there are <laughs> tiny little bits of chive in it. Oh, That's okay. vegetables, and right. I ate them. The monument of health. And the yeah. bagel had everything. So. Exactly, thank you, Zandri. Okay, fine. <laughs> it had fruits. No, ooh, that would be... Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Bagel's good. I, I may need to get some bagel. And last but certainly not least, Zandri is back. How are you? I, tell us all the things. What you do, where you do it. And also, what do you do when you have no power for two days to entertain yourself? That's your uh, question. Okay. <laughs> um, so, hi. I'm Zandri. I've been playing. I actually just had my one-year anniversary for Guild Wars 2, which was pretty incredible. Um, but oh, I cool. stream, yeah, do YouTube content, um, and I also do social media marketing and management as well for my own business. Um, actually going to be opening up a game shop as well. So we're working on getting a brick and mortar store where we're going to do like use games and then move into like Magic the Gathering stuff, which will be a lot of fun. Um, but that's content creation. Awesome. That's yeah, so and cool. That's, uh, my full-time thing but recently yes i have had some time off because of i didn't have any power for over 24 hours and uh was like pretty much completely at home um the first day i slept a lot um because for anyone who doesn't know i am actually expecting uh i'll be having a baby well supposed to be next month but it could pretty much be like any time because he's like right there it's a uh, easter weekend april 16th is my due date so oh um, wow yeah, yeah. April cool. too. so when the whole thing happened with the power outage um it made it so that like we couldn't use our phones and we couldn't leave and i was so irritated that it like took a lot out of me <laughs> so after like throwing a fit i slept for like a really long time um but after that we drove into town and i ended up still just working so once the plow went by i did everything that i could from from a diner slash coffee shop and then when we got back here yesterday um, when we still didn't have power, we actually played a ton of Magic the Gathering, and we had candles lit up. Nice. Um, we did that, and then we were going to do some deck building, but we didn't get a chance. So pretty much just card games and, and whatnot. It wasn't, as, it wasn't as bad once I got over it. Yeah, that's the thing, but, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. like the realization, remembering that you don't have things like Twitter and all exactly. the things. And when you're a content creator, that's something you... You kind of then, monitor a little bit. <laughs> right. And it was funny, too, because we finally got into town where I had cell service. And I told my family, and I'm like, just in case, like, you guys have been trying to get a hold of me, like, this is what's happened. So I haven't had cell service. And they're like, oh, we weren't trying to get a hold of you, but that's good to know. And I'm sitting here going, I could have had a baby. Like, I could have gone. Yeah, home. right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yeah, family. No, I expected <laughs> you to come out here again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bring me the figs. <laughs> So everything's good now. Everything's awesome. better. And yeah, still doing the things full time and having fun. Awesome. Yay! And big congrats on all your news. It's so exciting. It is. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. A store as well. And the kid, yeah. that's a lot of new, new starts. That's, that is it's really like, exciting. That's awesome. It is a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it's exciting. exciting. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good things. I'm excited for you. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, Everyone in the chat who is excited about the and and actually chat tell us what you are most excited about in terms of just main things that kind of came out of the blog post. We'll probably go over the bits and bobs, but we're gonna go over to it now and have a look. Because 
I'm excited. So, Arena Studio update the future of Guild Wars 2. Wow. Holy. Mm -hmm. Everyone, wow. they need like. Wow. What's that? Whoa. Wow. 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 That's it, exactly. Wow. Thank you. I was right. I was wow. like, someone's going to do it, right? Wow. Was that what you wanted? Do we need to know their take job, bro? Or do you feel like was, that was it's good? The guy, it? It's the meme. It's the, it's the wow meme. I was trying to get going, but it didn't work. Um, okay, so. Wow. <laughs> First of all, I hope everyone's enjoying Ender Dragons. Just, just a general thing. There was an expansion that came out, you know, pretty recently, like three weeks ago. Um, and just to say, we're not skipping talking about Ender Dragons. There was just this blog post that came out, which is pretty important. Um, and it talks about the future of the game. So if you if you really wanted to talk, have us talk about Ender Dragons and you're excited to listen to that, that probably isn't going to happen today, so I'm sorry. But there is many more podcasts in the future. Um, it's not a WoW meme, it's a Guild Wars 2 meme. Oh, ha, ha, ha. I get it, I get it. I'm good at jokes. That's um, funny. And that was very good, wasn't it? That was clever. <laughs> okay, so we've got we got some awesome readers, people that can read here. Um, if anyone wants to take the first, and I'm not like no one has to, no one has to read at all. <clears throat> but if someone wants to take the first, what we can do is we're going to read the whole thing and we're going to go through it. Yes, it's long, but we're also going to have a podcast around it and we're going to stop. It's not just going to be us reading for like 20 minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> I like that Jebra's trying to like talk us all into this as though like, you know, no, no, like, no. and all of you are going to read it and it's going to be so fun. You don't all have to like, read it. Xander doesn't have to read it. Creep doesn't have when to read it. Rick doesn't gonna have read to read it. it. I mean, uh, yeah. All right. That's true. Chat, I'll, I'll do the first bit. <laughs> I'll do the first bit because it's just an intro. Okay. Jim, for the sheer amount of times you've cleared your throat at this point. Uh, <laughs> I've got, I'm getting a cough. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Like when you're, you're ready to like present in front of the class, and you're like, mm, mm, yeah, do not do that. Do not do that when no. you're streaming or anything. Sometimes no. It's actually Could better not to clear your voice for the health of your vocal cords. Yeah. I don't do it's it every day. Them, it's because of the coffee. Sure. Hey Guild okay, Wars 2 community, <laughs> it's JT and Colin Johansson here. Hello Colin and JT, how you doing? The studio leadership team at ArenaNet. Ooh, not just one person, it's two now, don't forget. <clears throat> the, <laughs> the past few weeks have been wild. Ooh. And we're absolutely humbled by the reception to Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons. The development team poured their hearts and souls into this expansion, which was developed from start to finish during one of the most challenging periods in our lives. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we cannot thank the team enough for their hard work and attention to detail and the dedication to the studio, the franchise, and our fans. We also want to extend the same gratitude to you, our community. Ah, We're here today because of you and your trust, support, and also... Lots of money that you spend on the game. They didn't say that in the post. I just said it extra. While the end of the Elder, Cycle, Elder Dragon cycle might seem like a natural moment to start winding things down, we're happy to say loudly and emphatically that Guild Wars 2 has a bright future ahead of it. Cheers come from the stadiums, etc. Last July, we said that we were making big changes at the studio that are necessary to make 
our ambitious goals a reality. Since then, we've strengthened our leadership team, worked to improve our communication with all of you, and shipped the third expansion for Guild Wars 2. We're also uh, invested in major foundational long-term projects to ensure the game's future. Like Direct's X11, the legendary armory and World v World restructuring. This long-term focus is paying off. We're seeing incredible growth in the community. In fact, the number of active Guild Wars 2 players, because this is where we go fast, start talking, has more than doubled. Mm -hmm. That more than doubled. That's not doubled. That's more than doubled. Almost tripled, maybe. Uh, over the last three years, this growth has helped Guild Wars 2 Ender Dragons outsell the previous expansion. Okay? So there's some big words in <laughs> Apparently, like I'll say. Um, how we proceed from here, how we continue this momentum into the future is something we've been spending a lot of time thinking about. Today, we're ready to talk about the next phase. However, the details are best for the Guild Wars 2 leadership team to provide for those of you who aren't familiar with them. We'll start with introduction. Okay, so this first of all talk, what, what did you first see um, when they said it's basically like double the amount of players and it's outsold path of fire like what were what were the first things everyone was thinking we would excited like just mm -hmm. general thoughts i mean i know it's not a lot to talk about first of all i was still. excited that they actually mentioned it mm. like the the difference because i feel like a lot of it, it's like everyone knows that the population's been steady or else they wouldn't put out any more content but the fact that they actually flexed a little bit and said these are how many people we have playing now or like gave a, a sort of a number especially after people being confused about launch with the mega servers and how big the maps are and not seeing certain people especially when you're mm. new is like no they're there it's just everything had to be condensed and we're you know it's it's a double or triple and <clears throat> I had a lot of people that were asking about, like, viewership on Twitch correlating with it, and they're like, well, Twitch hasn't gotten very much of an increase from this recently, now that things have started to die down and a lot of streamers are getting past the story portions. And so they're like, I guess they didn't get a lot of new people and it didn't really work. And it's like, that, that doesn't necessarily correlate to what the actual population is. So mm -hmm. I was really excited that they said this, and I, I keep pointing people to it, so... That's so. What when you came? <clears throat> when this is what you're. It's very good that you're here today. Um, obviously, just normally, but like because of like because you're <laughs> like you said. You know, it's your year, first year of Guild Wars too. You know, that's that's a big deal. Um, and there's loads of points today where your your feedback is going to be really really great. Um, but in terms of Twitch, you're talking. That's interesting. Cause I didn't really think about that when you came mm -hmm. like a year ago and you started on Twitch and, and the Guild Wars 2 directory, like what were your feelings about it? Because I know we talked about this in the podcast you were in before, funnily enough, but like just the amount of people and what that kind of gives you as a first impression, I suppose. Yeah, I guess um, then it was right after, like I had gone from burning myself out on 14, which I absolutely still love, um, <clears throat> but I came over to Guild Wars 2 and at the time, because the new expansion for 14 hadn't come out yet, the viewership was very comparable. Uh, I don't know if uh, if Rookie will agree with me, but it, it felt like for Guild Wars 2, it was like like 1K to 2K, maybe 3K max, and, and like 14 was probably 5, maybe 7 at the time. Um, and it, it seemed niche, but not as niche as an MMO could be. I feel like they're like, you know, SWOTOR was really small. Um, RuneScape has like those couple of streamers that everyone knows that are vets, but the 
viewership as a whole for the category is still quite small, even if you get new people every day. Um, I feel like the promotion that they've done recently, getting people like Lucky Ghost, um, Baggins TV, um, and a couple of others who are actually staying, is helping. But it's yeah. also a hard... It's a hard, like, way to compare the popula like the population to what's actually in game because people are like well nobody's watching it so nobody's playing it and it's like well that's not necessarily true and yeah. it's not that nobody is watching it it's just it is more niche than than some other MMOs and that's people fine. forget that like twitch viewership is not a direct reflection of an actual game you know what i mean like the thing yeah, is, exactly. is that awesome. there are like very different populations that affect things like viewership on twitch right some of the games that have the you would say technically largest number of viewers watching at even, uh, any given time are oftentimes games that particularly appeal to like a younger male demographic like people who may have a lot of time to watch and to see um things like fortnite for example um or like you see a lot of new game release stuff or new game news stuff or channels that might be doing something like an esports event or like so again there are these specific areas in which certain groups and demographics use twitch or might be more versed in using twitch and it was funny because when i first started doing mmos uh i started out as a competitive overwatch player funnily enough um and you know we did that that was the thing that happened um and <laughs> i really wanted to play mmos and at the time i even remember like my partner who had kind of introduced me to twitch in many ways said like nobody watches mmos on Twitch. So like if you stream an MMO, it probably won't go anywhere. And like they didn't mean it in a way that was like, you know, super discouraging. Of course they were like, you know, play whatever you, you know, you want and like see what you can do. And it ended up being the best choice I ever made. But we're seeing that viewership on Twitch for MMOs in particular is very much a thing that can be hit or miss. Um, and certain games have learned how to incentivize their communities in a much more direct, aggressive way, like ESO in the way that they encourage like various, you know, components and, and all drops, kinds of stuff and events drops and drops ESO, and, yeah. um, mm. you know, the way that they promote streaming as well as like a major component of how you interact with the game and its community, right? Versus other sure. games like 14 that have kind of they don't they don't 14 is a massive game it has like one of the biggest populations mm -hmm. and yet it's funny because when you actually look at a lot of the numbers like you were pointing out sandry it's fairly comparable overall of course there are spikes and things like that and many people that have been coming to the game recently but like even for that scale of game the viewership is lower than you would expect it to be so you cannot make these correlations specifically yeah. between like the amount of people playing a game and the amount of people that play that game that are tuned into or actively use something like twitch there's a lot of different reasons that they might not be viewing and i always found that guild wars 2 while maybe it was a little more niche in a sense um it had great engagement, an active community, people that were interested in watching and supporting that kind of content and seeing it grow. So yeah, I was happy to stick with it when I first started trying it out, you know? Yeah, same. <laughs> cool. And, and that's why I was so excited that they posted that because I'm like, oh, they're letting people know finally, like we've gotten a much bigger influx than we had before. Because it was always like, there wasn't an issue. They didn't necessarily have to promote more as much as we'd like to see them take the leap. And they don't necessarily have to do certain things because they've always just, it's it's worked for them. Like they've had the, but now they're even talking about, well, now we're taking this leap. And it's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> because as as a community, that's what we want to see. It is.
<laughs> that was that was almost sure. I don't, I'm not sure if Rick said much about the numbers specifically or the or the outselling. But <clears throat> well, for the outselling and just the overall increase, I think it's a, a great positive to at least speak on. But we don't really have numbers like hard numbers, so that yeah. could just be from like the very lowest point that they had, and then of course with expansions, very you true. tend to see rises. Um, and I also think another. A factor with this expansion as opposed to path of fires was a much longer marketing cycle P path of fire had like a month of very minimal marketing before the expansion launched so it does make sense as to why it has increased um and I think that is just a positive in and of itself. You don't necessarily need the numbers as long as there is some sort of positive growth. That is uh, the important thing. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily blown away. I, I am wondering in terms of the sales from end of dragons to path of fire, does that mean like the first week of sales or does that mean like end of dragons? The first like, couple of fully, weeks, yeah. Like fully and, outsold well, the entire it, it history be, of path of fire. It would probably be pre-orders slash like from maybe True. when they uh, announced but that that's interesting because they would have to bal like they did pre-orders i can't remember where they did pre-orders for end of dragons compared to path of fire and whether or not they just did a similar period of time because it could have been like it would have been different i don't think it would have been the same so yeah it's very it's very you know ambiguous <laughs> ambiguous i don't know if that's the right word but like very like yeah it's open to interpretation i guess but i think what you say with i think what i was getting from what you said as well is that marketing is kind of different as well so that was just like a mm -hmm. growth place which is definitely good because puff of fire didn't have any <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> i i would you can't say it was bad because it just didn't have any <laughs> so it's it just like simply didn't show up <laughs> it just wasn't there and it was just random it was in it was there were banners i think they had some didn't they have some um remember the banner that was just like ah yeah <laughs> my sugar cube oh my lord and Honestly, <laughs> as, um, as we talk about the know, marketing, so you're gonna have to explain that to me. <laughs> there oh, was can a banner. On, okay, so there was um there was a very infamous ad that they were doing for marketing that showed up across all like Google searches and stuff, um mm -hmm. and it was just like a picture of a of a Silvari on a Springer, and I think the the quote was just a h h h or like a a a a a a a period oh, yeah, 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 quote, yeah, yeah. sugar cube. And um, despite, despite, I think we've mentioned this before, like we have our own uh, opinions about the marketing stuff that we see. Um, but <sighs> it's, it's also like, it's great because it is iconic, but maybe for not the, the right reason, if you know it. It's kind of like the taxi cab situation where you're like, oh God, well, that was a choice, <laughs> but it definitely made a mark. Yeah, it's I mean, I think overall, this is exciting, right? This is great news. It's also nice just to hear that over the last three years, we've seen this growth for so many reasons, like everybody is pointing out, because I do think that was maybe one of the periods of time that was the most uncertain with Guild Wars 2. We really weren't sure what was going to happen with the future. We really weren't sure exactly what was going to be going on with like, are we getting a new X-Pack or is it just going to be a saga? And the game has always done what it does well. Living Season 4 for me was a real narrative high point in a lot of ways. And again that followed path of fire so it's one of those things where i think that that period of 
tumultuousness and then including a pandemic to encompass this period of growth is really great to see because there's a lot to fall in love with with Guild Wars 2 and I really do think that it has a place within the lineup of current MMOs that can be put forth even more strongly than we see a lot and a lot of it has been because of some of maybe those missteps in you know the marketing and other stuff like that but we're seeing more people now like try it out return to it talk about it than I have seen probably in like gosh like i don't know the five years ish that i've played like which is so great because i think people are starting to realize like wow this does have a lot to offer um and so to get confirmation of that in a way that like anytime anybody wants to try to disparage i think the the growth that it has and the place that it has in modern mmos i you know to be able to just be like hey no actually a lot of people are playing this and more people than even previously so like this is a great jumping off point for us to just keep growing more Great stuff. Yeah, bang on, basically. The, the ad is up. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I never got a chance to see this. Thank you, Gears to Know. <laughs> Gears to Know is the graphic legend, by the way. Thank you again for the awesome work you did on the like, bring us overlay. But this sugar cube. What's happening here? No idea. This person is a legend. They have to come forward. This just makes no sense. I, I don't understand what's happening. Are they trying to say in this advertisement that the name of the rabbit is Sugar Cube? Is this just the quote in response to the Springers from somebody on Twitter? Is this? I think so. Name is Sugar Cube. I think is that so. Why there's emoji? I don't know. Like. <laughs> Even if they had put something like the reviews are in, Sugarcube on Twitter says, ah, <laughs> but even then, like, ah, look sense. how cute it is, or like, ah, it's a huge bunny that's gonna like eat people. Oh, speaking of which, I saw the bunnies RP walk today. I didn't know that mounts had RP walks. <gasps> they do. They yeah. The bunny is scary, especially like, like all. And I'm sitting here going, that thing is after you, like veggies. <laughs> oh, Lord, he coming. He coming. <laughs> yeah, this is just like, I mean, honestly, um... we have talked about even some of the, um, you know, I think the high points of marketing for this current expansion with End of Dragons. We've talked about some of the low points. But honestly, when you look at how far we've come from this, leagues ahead because this just tells you nothing about the context it tells you nothing even yeah. about the fact that mounts are a brand new feature like expansion feature that are coming in path of fire it yeah it kind of just looks like someone's humping the back of a rabbit while screaming ah oh. <laughs> in all honesty i mean oh. if, you, if you're gonna be honest like that's kind of just what it looks like ah but this I, is an amazing rabbit say, and i like sugar cubes I must say, though, it really does capture that, like, comical aspect of Guild Wars 2, where, like, this is, this feels like the the vibe with the community sometimes, where it's just like, it doesn't make sense, it's yeah. just comical. I mean, if you've been weird. here, you've been it's here, just... this is a prime example of that. Yeah, so, in an aspect, I do kind of, like, love it, but also, it could have been better. Ukon says in chat, but it does say free, has free exclamation marks and four party emojis. <laughs> so true. Chat. It is. It is very much like a symbol of. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> well, I think okay, thank you, Gears, but, as well for that. But like, yes, this so clearly illustrates again, like even just this uh. post 
the context they're giving us, the communication they're giving us, it's so great. And yeah, yeah. this was an exciting thing to see that like, especially during a period where many people thought like, let's just be completely honest, people weren't sure if there would ever be another expansion or how much longer the game would last. Like to see that they have talked about how there has still been growth and they have come out with the best expansion to date. It's like, it's just a great time to be in Guild Wars 2, you know, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So this was really exciting to see. It is nice to kind of just think about the past and where we are now. And I think the uh, one thing earlier in the document as well is is the leadership up the top is now two people rather than one. Whereas mm -hmm. I think Mike O'Brien had definitely, his time was up. Uh, I think like he was very old school and like respect to him for being the work he's done in the past, but wasn't the person for the future. And I think this Colin and JT is definitely at the top wise. But it does... There is this this line now between like leadership and then director. And like, it, from this from this article, I got vibes of like. I feel like there's good. I wonder if they're going to revisit those projects. That's what I was thinking. I was like, hmm, hmm. I wonder if the, the, with the success, you never know. Or maybe they learned that lesson and now it's just like focus on one thing. Anyway, that's another conversation. Although, although did anyone else get those vibes? It definitely crossed my mind, and I think yeah. it's always smart for game companies to branch out into other IPs, and if they can economically sustain themselves and make that that cost, go for it, you know? But it all just depends on what the studio wants to do in terms of, you know, comfort with one thing, and it is always a risk to branch out, but sometimes risk is worth taking, but, you know, they might not necessarily be in that position right now, but... yeah. You know. I think the thing that I thought first was just the amount of structure that there could possibly be from this, especially with having like those really dedicated um, positions and then obviously reading down. Oh, wait, but but afterwards, it's like, yes, they, they are doing that. Like there is going to be more scheduling. There is going to be more, you know, of uh, of communication for this schedule with people, not just about guild chats, but about like actual updates to the game and patches and things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first thing I thought, and then it actually came true, and I was like, oh, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, whether or not they're working on another title, um, you know, it's kind of tough, right? Because there has been a little bit of talk even about, you know, we may have gotten End of Dragons because the studio decided to consolidate and focus and, you know, mm. really try to support an expansion at a very high level with it. Um, which really is like, we have an incredible team. They do phenomenal work. They do really unique stuff in the MMO genre. But it has always felt like, given how accessible they make this game, you know, when you compare it to other companies that have like a million titles and subscription and buy to play and all these other alternative revenue models and all this other stuff under their belt, it's, you know, it it's, you just want them to succeed. Like you want them to have the support and the team and the, the stuff that they need to be able to juggle these projects. Even when we see stuff like the ending of the iceberg saga, where you can absolutely see the incredible work that this team was going to bring, but then having to juggle expansion release and you know what they were trying to do with living season clearly like there towards the end was a bit of strain and every game will have some of that to some degree, but like whether or not they're working on a new project, I think even just hearing about the leadership, the solidifying of leadership, people being moved into places that obviously do seem to have a very good vision for the game that, you know, are in touch with the community and trying to, you know, bridge the gap and do all these things that they've been meaning to do and take real action and make structures for that. Like, 
it makes me so hopeful that the team is going to continue getting the support leadership structure and you know even additional staff that they need to juggle the ambitious goals that they have for really letting guild wars 2 like truly come into its own as the game we all know it can be and oftentimes see that it is because it, it has phenomenal stuff in it um so i was really hopeful because of that okay <clears throat> well i will just finish off this one bit actually i'll just finish this off because we had a bit of a break and i might as well finish this off and you can read the more fun you. like they're the really fun bits although the, the main reason is that i want to read this is because this is kind of very very cool because i've known josh for a long time um okay but first of all there is amy they're introducing basically two two pretty high up people um amy Liu is our executive producer she's responsible for the how and when of guild wars 2 development she started as a game master and community manager for ncsoft in 2004 like 18 years ago uh and spent five years working across ncsoft products she joined ArenaNet for Guild Wars 2 to launch in 2012 and has led many projects and expansions and coordinated scheduling, staffing, resourcing, and project management while solving challenges at the studio level. Amy was also instrumental in helping ArenaNet's audio department become the incredible triumph it is today. It's good to have some mention of Amy because, like, I don't feel like they've had been mentioned that much in the past. <laughs> like, honestly, I just don't think they have. So it's really cool to, like have that introduction and be like you know what we've got two people leadership team wise up at the top and game director also needs a producer like producer is pretty damn important and it's it signifies this is like a partnership again so i kind of like that that's pretty cool good stuff um <laughs> and then josh grouch davis this this man uh is taking on the role of game director He's already been promoted. <laughs> like, he's already been promoted. He's only been back for like six months or something, is Um He's responsible for the what and why of Guild Wars 2 development. He started as a Guild Wars 2 community content creator and joined the dev team in 2013. And I'm going to bring you a bit of a blast from the past in a minute. Um, allowing us to continue a long tradition of recruiting team members from our passionate player community. Like Ruby, Ruby was a reviewer before they started of uh, um, ArenaNet and used to do stuff on. Uh, I used to watch a podcast every week leading up to Guild Wars 2 launch. It was called someone in the chat. I remember really, or remember if it's a, um, uh, but it was a great. And Ruby was on there sometimes with uh, Richie, with Bogar, and some other like big like MMO peeps at the time. Um, and then yeah, and then Ruby went as well. So Josh returned to Arena in early 2021 as the head of live operations for Guild Wars 2. If you don't know, Josh, Colin, and a bunch of ANS staff left to go to Amazon Game Studios. They made the game Crucible. Amazon messed it up. <laughs> Not them, but Amazon were just like, release it and everything else. The game was fantastic. I love that thing uh, with every piece of my soul. Um, and then they rejoined Arena and uh, lots, of, lots of changes happened since. He was head of live operation for Guild Wars 2 and has helped contribute to the growth and improvements to communication that we've seen in the past year between Amy and Josh. The rest of the development team, Guild Wars 2 is in great hands. You'll be hearing a lot more from them going forward while we, Colin and JT, focus on operations and high-level leadership of the studio. And then they're going to talk about the game and whatnot. But first of all, like, what, what do you think about the whole... I mean, there's not much to talk about, but like, that's a big promotion for Grouch already. I mean, he is now game director, and 
That is just amazing. I'm so happy for yeah. them. I love Very seeing cool. people get their flowers, get their praise. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to to, to show people the, the love and the support for what they have done, especially with End of Dragons being so great. And then, of course, the communication. Like, these uh, individuals are really propelling Guild Wars 2 into the future. So it's always nice to nice to hear. Yeah, it's exciting. And like Josh even saying, um, I don't remember if it was in the interview that he did, but he was like, you know, I started out as a content creator and now I am the director of the game, like the game that I love. And, you know, he was just like, he was like, let that be, you know, something that, you know, everybody else, you can realize that even if you're like starting out as a content creator, that like, you know, you can have these big dreams about getting involved in the industry because you matter too. And I just, I mean, personally, I found that so inspirational, but I think it also shows why ArenaNet does have a connection to the players in a way that like even in those periods where communication was kind of rough again like this studio feels very one-on-one -on -one in a way that many others don't you might have like a couple iconic people that you see or that kind of are out there on the live casts or stuff like that but guild wars 2 really does feel like a lot of the time it's staff it's you know devs even some who hang out here you know ruby that there is like a connection and a very down-to-earth kind of vibe with them oh, like for sure. and how they interact with other people and yeah. like you can see that they don't consider themselves like separate and above the community they consider themselves a part of the community and many of them have roots in the community and creating for this game which is just like you love to see it. It just makes me so happy. I mean, Vosberg is a is a really really good example <sighs> about of that because Vosberg is like just a, he was big. He was just a German career like just not just but like he was. I, I remember I used to commentate with Vosberg back in the day. Like I used to come on ESL EU casts with me and shoutcast that. And like his artwork is just um, phenomenal. And now he's got to a point where he's designing like art in the game. Like, you know, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, and just by being part of the, you know, the Arena Panda program as well, and like just doing this as part of his work and then intricate, like putting his hobby and his work together. And then they've become one thing and he can still enjoy the game for what it is as well. And it's just amazing like it, it really is like like rick said you know you can really you gotta just work smart and work you know you can work hard as well but like it's yeah you can really apply yourself you can get into these positions and this is what if you're watching this on youtube or twitch right now and the reason everyone might be slightly confused is what josh grouch is in the middle at the top and this is a show they used to do now when you can also see the name that flashes up of the actual show as well which is called state of the game and that will come into play later um because i feel like this is a shout back right to this then probably josh maybe maybe doesn't even realize maybe they don't even realize it but this is the first content he used to make which was a pvp show talking about the updates to cut to the um balance and whatnot and they used to have this show quite regularly and John Chap is like up on the top left. He used to work for Arena. He worked on Crucible with Grouch and um, Colin and loads of other people, John Peters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, they used to come to the show and they used to come and talk about balance. And the funny thing is, in someone else took over the show because Grouch was then employed, and then Grouch is in like the dev window, and then everyone's just like, "What? Grouch is working for Arena there now?" I remember watching this show, and I was just like, "That's so happy for him." um so yeah it was uh it was definitely an awesome moment back then and it's just awesome like 
he he gave me a lot of opportunities personally as a content creator being able to go to all the different countries i went to and commentate the game as well as being able to go to the heart of fawns launch and be on the panel for that um and just doing loads of stuff in the past so i i owe him a lot personally actually so and he's just a good guy as well so i'm so happy for him and yes i'm gonna celebrate this mofo <laughs> until the cows come home because he deserves it and he is in the he's the best person for this spot at the moment absolutely and i'm this flipping really excited shows like how much passion that these that all of the devs have for this game because you could yeah. like check out other mmos and especially larger mmos just going off of what rick said and it's like half of the people who work on their game don't even play their game it's, it's so true it's yeah. so true and so like just seeing that with guild chat and seeing people actually discuss things that are happening in the game by showing you the gameplay on their actual characters is really cool to begin with and then having this and then the other thing that um, is really cool, especially hiring people from the community to be able to have this passion as well, is the uh, narrative mentorship is going on right now. And you can sign up for that. Yeah. And there are people who can, you know, get picked from that to actually work there. So it's just, it's a really neat way to integrate the community and to have that down to earth feeling. But it's also like they actually play their game. Like they've seen the bugs because they've actually like, come into contact with the bugs so i think that's just awesome as well and the fact you can see them in game with the arena net tag because they don't <laughs> have to have that i think i think they have to have it if they do so like, i think there's a reason they have to have it if they want to get something specific i can't remember what the main deal with it is but like um they've told loads of people this isn't an nda thing um <laughs> don't worry it's okay <laughs> um this is something that they've talked about like. um yeah. <laughs> but like yeah you're completely right and but they're in the game as well and you can see them and and it can be anyone you know they could be any working on any part of the game they might not even like be working on the actual like game game specifically um but they might be in marketing whatever so but so it's always nice to see peeps um but yeah this was the this was the episode where they where josh was on in the field look at him look he's so young look at him josh. so cute oh amazing anyway anyway sorry just that's my reminiscing of of older of the old times uh, <laughs> so uh who would like to read the next session you do not have to i oh 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 oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's 22 it's two, two, 2022 and beyond and i will i will just say like we and i will i'll i'll butt in when I, when I feel like we should talk about something. Take it away, Rook. <laughs> oh, thanks, crew. You got this. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, all. Josh and Amy here. We're so excited to talk about what's on the horizon for Guild Wars 2. Grab a snack, get comfortable, and settle in for a long one. When we set out to build our plans for 2022 and beyond, we spent considerable time looking back on the last 10 years of the game's history, taking stock of where we succeeded and where we fell short. We reviewed player and press feedback, spoke to those at the studio who were here for the highs and lows, and dug into the mountains of data covering the span of the game's operation. At the end of the process, it was clear that there were two key areas we knew we needed to address as part of our plans. First, we need to prioritize delivering consistent updates for our players. 
The release of Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons and the resolution of a story arc that was 10 years in the making feels like a fitting time to reevaluate the overall Guild Wars 2 experience, specifically how we provide regular content updates to our players and what those updates contain. This means continuing to tell compelling stories that expand the world of Tyria, while providing a better experience for those who enjoy game modes such as world versus world, player versus player, and endgame group content. Second, it's important that our plans allow our team to maintain a healthy work-life balance. We've always believed that our top priority is the health and well-being of our employees, and we're more committed to that now than ever. This will help ensure that the exceptional team behind the Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons expansion will continue to be happy at ArenaNet for years to come. Our work on this front will largely be invisible to you, and will mostly focus on improving our planning and day-to-day -day development processes. Now, let's shift gears and talk about what the future holds. Okay. Yeah, we might as well. I mean, there's there's still quite a lot in there. Um, I've written a couple of bits and bobs. First of all, consistent updates. Um, da, da, da. So there was the quote there. This means continuing to tell compelling stories that expand the world of Tyria while providing a better experience for those who enjoy the game modes such as world v world, PvP, and end game content. Okay. So there's loads in there. Is there anything anything anyone wants to pick up on in there? Or was it just fairly like, you know, we're working on the game. No. S I, don't lock, I don't know. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I actually think this is really important. Mm -hmm. Like, to be yeah. honest, I think this is yeah, a really is. important thing to say. Because one of the big problems, um, which again, I think has felt like something, maybe it was leadership, maybe it was planning. Oftentimes it felt like, maybe because of the size of the team or the support or whatever it was, right? That in order to get new content for a specific thing that you love, like world versus world, PVP, end game group content, right? You had to almost like trade off, you know? Okay, well, we get a new fractal, but that means that we won't get this, this, or this. And we don't know when we might get that, but we hope. Uh, okay, so we get this new thing, but we don't know when or if we'll ever get a raid again. Okay, well, what about this new thing? Like, so it's something that has never to me felt like, I mean, again, it doesn't break my experience of this game because I love the variety of content that it offers. But when you compare it to other games where people like come into your chat or ask that first time, well, what about updates? What about end game content? When will those, when will those cycles happen? Will I regularly get new stuff to do in the game? Um, it always did kind of create this problem where I had to a lot of times just go, um, it's kind of like Warframe in that like, you might get something new eventually and then yeah. maybe another time you'll get like you know i mean of course we would always get story we would always get these other things but you could tell that there was something different about their release cycles in some way i don't know exactly what that is but the impression i always got was that because they were working with a small limited team and because they don't again have the massive financial support of other studios it oftentimes meant that they had to focus on a thing polishing it getting it releasing it and then just maintaining the general flow of the narrative maps and other baseline content in the game right which we also see with warframe which has a very similar revenue model so to actually get this and to hear them say we realize that compared to many other modern mmos not having a regular release cycle not having our player base know exactly what is coming when is a problem and so we are dedicated to figuring out how to get this more reliable for players and to also make sure that everybody is getting the type of content they expect from mmos and that's kind of that's kind of huge it seems like a no-brainer but it's kind of huge 
Yeah, it was actually funny because when I started uh, last year, I had made a video saying, like, these are the things that I wish I could see, where it's like, I wish that they had consistent updates like other games I had seen so that you knew and you could prepare and you could take, you know, obviously the game is so, like, if you want to be casual or you want to have alts and it's so friendly for these things that you can take time off and do other things and know when you can come back. And not just for living world, but also for all of these other updates and such. And uh, and people were like, well, they have a small dev team. And I mean, I'm happy because what? they- Is that they, what people said? Yeah. And oh, people wow, were okay. like, well, they, small? Uh, what was it? Well, they're working on things and when it's done, it will be done. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't want a polished product. I'm saying mm. that it would be nice to actually have the, the roadmaps that they've been providing. Mm. So this for me was huge. I read this and I actually did a, a video on this and I was like, I'm so excited because this is what I said I wanted to begin with, you know, rather than just being like, here's, you know, this expansion launch, and here's all of these amazing features that you get. For me, I'm thinking, okay, but what about down the road? Mm. To keep people who, you know, you get that influx of player base for an expansion, you don't want that to decrease because you don't have that extra content to look forward to. Yeah. And then the other big thing is, is they have, uh, people had pointed out this website that had timers for the last things. So like the t mm. a timer since the last fractal, a timer oh. since... And it's like, well, now, hopefully, they they even said they're looking at world versus world, which people were like, hasn't been touched in however long. And it's like, so they're actually looking at all of the different game modes rather than just the story. So I thought it was really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's great reassurance. Uh, but I also want to point out and praise the the second part that they talk about, the work slash uh, life balance for the yes. developers themselves. Good, good I think call. that's really important and something I don't see all too, too often um, from major uh, developers and mm -hmm. development teams. Uh, they didn't really need to tell us this, but it was, no. I felt special that they yeah. were like, we're going to let you in on what we're also doing behind the scenes because we are humans too and we're trying to cultivate a very healthy work environment because healthy happy workers hopefully translates to great great products and the joy for the product as well you want to keep people in any department or in anywhere you go in terms of you know jobs and professions it should be a goal to keep people happy and fulfilled yeah and especially when we've seen so much abuse of that in the gaming industry in so yeah. many different ways recently but like my gosh, just this past week, I was reading about some of the terrible things that happened with the studio behind Ori. I was reading about, um, yeah. you know, not so long ago, the crunch and the developmental cycles for cyberpunk. You know, there are certain things within any industry that will necessitate that there may be cycles of release in which you are working harder or working longer hours or working more. Of course, that will be a thing that is part of a lot of the experience. Unfortunately, of we promote that kind of we promote yeah. that. No, it but, shouldn't be a thing but i guess yeah, yeah with the work with the way the well, world is it's expected yeah i mean like i mean just in general like i live with a programmer right so yeah, like yeah, yeah. in as a baseline right i totally agree with you jeb and you were right to call I, out how i, I was bringing it yeah 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 but like yeah. As a baseline, as you get closer to like a product release, there is usually more work just in mm -hmm. the sense that like the sheer amount of things you are troubleshooting, the bugs you have to follow up on, yeah. the amount of communication, the amount like there is a level of that um, that will increase around those time periods. But at the same time, right, like you were saying, it is not about promoting that as the standard for how you should behave in gaming mm -hmm. and treat your employees, right? Like 
you have to plan for it. You have to understand that that's going to be a thing. You have to offer employees the resources, time, you know, everything that they need so that you can minimize that as much as possible and support yeah. them in any phases that are higher activity. Like it's something that this industry needs to look at really truly. Um, it's pretty awful. And when you look at the actual salaries that game developers make, even compared to programmers that are doing similar work, just not in games, it's abysmal. So like, this is something that is really important and I'm really glad they rearticulated it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the way when they talk about, you know, mental health and the communities they, they appeal to and talk about and, and are in their game and everything else as well, you know, there's a lot of mindfulness there of uh, their own stuff. So that's, that's very good. Um, and I think it's just the timeline that's led up to this too and, and when that was taking place during everything with what's going on in the world and COVID really opened people's mm -hmm. eyes as well to, to noticing this. And I guess my hope is, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but um, on top yeah. of all of it, I'm like, I don't want a full season of, of Dragon Response missions ever again, oh. especially when I'm trying to do them all to get ready for this. Like, the story for Icebrood, in my opinion, incredible <laughs> dragon response missions oh if they weren't all the same it would have been better but i was trying to do them all at once to get ready for end of dragons so yeah. i did them all in oh. one day and i was like oh good so never again hopefully there's a, yeah. this amount. i know what i know what they did i know why they had to do it i understand completely but it's like hopefully yeah. there's more structure and if they're keeping these things in mind they won't ever have to do that again or take people off of projects or finish projects so quickly because they're working on an expansion. So, like, you know, Icebrood wouldn't have to be rushed or, or the next living world wouldn't have to be rushed for something else because of this planning. So that's definitely, they definitely have their process. That's, that's for sure. They have a process of... I think, or, and I don't know whether or not they're going to continue doing this. I think they're going to go... Maybe if they communicate better uh, in the way that they're doing right now, they can get to a point where they don't produce a product like DRMs. Like, you know, but that must sound harsh, so I need to explain myself. What I mean, what I mean mostly is, is that everyone's excited for, specifically right now, strikes, right? The people are loving strikes. Yeah. Rage is still there in the background. Um, but like strikes, just more accessible for more people. Um, and DRMs was very much like a thing that just came out of nowhere that no one asked for. <laughs> and no one was excited for and no one cared about. Um, and then unfortunately, no one cared about them. <laughs> no one was excited for them and everyone wanted them to go away. Um, so like, I mean, it, not saying everyone, I don't want to speak for the whole community, no, but no, like- No, right. <laughs> I, like, I just like, went back. I just went back and redid them for return and I was like loving all the stuff I was returning to in Icebrood and then I got to those DRMs and I'm like, yeah. oh, I like the ideas in these and then I started to actually try and play them and I was like, this is agony. Like, this is actually terrible. Like to do them as well. so hard. And I went yeah. in with like Long. one other person that just needed to get through them. And yes, Kruf, it was like, we were in there, I don't even know how long, an hour and a half, just wailing on the same guy. It was like this yeah. never ending war of attrition. It was so <laughs> terrible. Oh, oh no. my God. Like, I, I would honestly rather see them reworked as fractals or something because like, that's what it's they should have cool, been. That's what they but... should have been the whole time. They should have been short. They should have just been, instead of fractals, just fract. 
or something like that. <laughs> it's a bit shorter, but not the entirety. It was weird. Like uh, the thing is, and some people in the chat generally, and I know you say this when I play them, and I do actually not mind a lot of what's in the, the DRMs, like the mechanics for the bosses. There's there's some great mechanics in there for some of the bosses, like going onto the ship and trying to blow up this, uh, you know, try and get CC from the cannons. I can't remember where it is now. Um, that one. Oh, yeah. it's a good, it's, it's a good mechanic. One. Yeah, yeah, but there's yeah. like masteries and stuff behind these, and you have to do something very specific. And I'm like, oh god, no, not again. And like you say, you know, I went into some like that, and some some kids been there for like seven hours, and their bosses are like seventy four percent HP, and like you're just like, and man, I, really? I mean, this has been over I for literally, a while. Like I literally had someone recently who is a good friend of mine, but who has been playing both through Guild Wars 2 and Final Fantasy 14 recently for yeah. the very first time. And I literally asked them, I was like, when was the last time you played Guild Wars 2? And they went, oh, um, it was the DRMs. And, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and like, like they just said, you know, they were really, really hard for me to get through. And like, also they were having some problems with, granted they are playing on like a slightly unconventional laptop setup. And so like, it was like just absolutely destroying them as far as graphically but like they were just so long as well that like they just couldn't get through them so like it has become this weird stumbling block in the story where you know unless you're trying to run them for things like return Two, people just aren't doing them so again like all of this to say right um this like little tidbit about the context of development and like how they're going to be releasing things and those like core ideas there with world versus world pvp obviously open world and story content and then whatever they have decided to classify as this like end game group content um <laughs> i think it's, it's nice to see that all kind of codified in a sense and to know that like yes they are probably going to be focusing on releasing things that hopefully fall in line with some of that pattern so that players yeah. just know what to expect and they don't get stuck in this like weird very temporary side content that you know it's just it, it has good ideas and good stuff in it but you really mm. can't enjoy them when you're like just trying to figure out how in the world you even proceed and the story is good as well yeah and that's what i was trying to say about it too is it was like i i understand the way it is but but spamming them i, I actually enjoyed like the drms like at face value but spamming yeah. them and having them oh. be the exact same formula and going into the portal for every single one rather than being out in the world. And and I understand why. But that that kind of, it felt uh, like it was taking away from the immersion of the rest of the story. And so I'm hoping that something like mm -hmm. that doesn't happen again. Where it's like, if they do have Cool Instincts content, that would be great. Just don't follow the same formula for like the first mm -hmm. three to four and make it a bit different and and not have to queue from from a portal or whatever i guess it was my big thing i actually enjoyed the idea of them and i enjoyed the dialogue and the fact that you were like sieging because things were you know areas were being taken over but it was just the same mm -hmm. thing over and over and so i'm hoping that all of this scheduling and structure and everything Jeez. makes it so that that doesn't happen again and doesn't pull people towards i mean end of dragons is an incredible expansion i understand why they needed more manpower but ice brood could have been that much better with what they wanted to do with the story and the gameplay as well so hopefully it doesn't happen again <laughs> it's weird as well because like the first drm which i think wasn't the first drm the char the char one where you you're escorting the char 
That like, was visions of the past. Is that visions? Is that is yeah. technically not a DRM? It's technically, a, it's not technically supposed to be a strike, but it is. Yeah, it's a that strike, was right? I actually thought that was like really cool. It's a very long strike. I was just back in there recently, and like, I I love that map. It's so cool. Like the hot springs and the like sulfur areas and oh, the yeah, dwarven right. ruins and like, I kind of I found myself wishing that like it had been integrated into an actual like open world yep. map or something. Cause mm -hmm. it actually is really good. And I think a lot Could of the, a wild boss. like, yeah, I, I really yeah. like a lot of that content. I mean, like we were saying, I like a lot of that content. Um, I don't even mind if they unify it into some kind of hub, because as we've talked about, unless we get something that's closer to like a queuing system or like, you know, you go out into the world and you get this, DRM or this strike mission or whatever, right? Um, and then you're trying to figure out how to queue for it or like assemble a group for it. Like, I don't mind at all if, you know, they want to do more of those locational things as long as the tools that we have to like, again, still find those groups in an yeah. easy, fluid way that doesn't always require us to just go sit and stand outside, like begging someone to go in with us. Like, <laughs> oh my it's God. Like, it's like, I don't mind that at all. So yeah. I think that they were trying to address that by centralizing things into hubs, right? They wanted to have like a hub where you could be and people would be around and you could technically shout out in that exact zone and be like, hey, anybody up for blank? And even if they hadn't planned on it, they might be interested, right? So like, I get the idea to consolidate. But again, like they've kind of pointed out in this portion, I think there are specific expectations that people have for types of content. Mm -hmm. And that if you are releasing all these different fragmented pieces, like we were just pointing out, it's like, what was that char mission? Was that a DRM? No, it's a vision of the past. Okay, what's a vision? Of okay, but then a DRM, but then we got strike missions too during Iceberg Saga. Okay, so that's... Yeah, I, I don't actually know what they, they class it specifically as. I don't think it's a strike either. I think it's just a mic, it's just an instance, which is it's just like a story, but it feels yeah. like a strike. They talked about it as a vision of the past was not the title of just the episode, but the title of like the story narrative system that they could go down in the future. But then they tied it to the strike mission currency reward system. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, I don't think they'll Whoa, ever yeah, do dragon response missions ever again. I hope they don't. Um, and I hope they restructure visions of the past to be a narrative tool they could use just to mm -hmm. tell another side story instead of making it a strike. I think you got to just do like the classics, fractals, strikes, maybe a raid if they ever want to do that again. But fractals and strikes, I think, are the two solid endgame content they should just roll with and yeah, not look definitely. back at the other things. And you can add other stuff, I think, like, but it just it doesn't have to be like a dungeon specifically, like or like, you know, very, something really long winded. But like the, the thing is, uh, the thing that pains me is that they had dwarfs in the DRMs, and I'm like so There's sad that they were in there. there. I was just like, well, that's like it would be cool if they. So a, a little off topic, but it would be neat if they took that visions of the past and they kind of did it like a like a time walking thing for World of Warcraft, where it's like every once in a while mm -hmm. you got this event. And Ugh, you went back and you so did good. it if, yeah. you, if, you know, you, you had the choice to do it if you wanted to, if you missed it when it was live. And that would hopefully, especially with it being an event, get more people that would want to do it at the same time rather than have it available all the time yeah. and be like, oh, does anybody want to help me with this achievement? Time so, yeah. Is good in that would be true. cool. Yeah. They've got for everything that's going on the Blizzard, they do have some good systems in Wild sometimes, to be fair. You're right. That's a good one. I was helpful for me when I started playing that. Like, I, when I started going back, I, I started, um... Oh, God. The Office expansion. Um, Flip. 
like the second expansion oh. for wow or the third one yeah wrath of lich king yeah. yeah like i started playing that i had the, i got the add-on the guild wars 2 overlay the ui <laughs> so i was playing a world of warcraft but like with the guild wars 2 um ui and of course. it was just uh oh is my stream gone down no, it's okay. Um, oh no, there's frames going down. Why? Really? Okay. Is the CPU over here? If you refresh, it looks pretty good. But that looks fine on my end. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I was having issues this morning a little bit, but if you refresh, it does look like it's okay. Welcome back, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> um, Comcast hate me uh, for some reason. Xfinity, maybe. Um, and this is recorded now and it's not live. So if you're watching this live, thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry. I obviously you are emotionally in pain. Um, uh, and I'm sure that will be fine in the future. Um, <laughs> we're okay. Maybe I'll just broadcast this live as well. Who knows? We're going to go on to the next bit of the stream because I actually don't know where we got to. <laughs> to be fair, I actually have no idea where we were. I know where we were on the article, but I don't know what we were talking about. Um, DRMs and combining <laughs> content and yeah. the future of regular updates. Oh yeah, there you go. So I mean, I think we were ready to move on. I think so. Yeah, yeah. we started we to delve. The topic. We started to delve into the the region of the hatred of DRMs. Oh god, no! I felt bad. like once I brought it up and then saw chat, I was like, oh. Chat actually liked them. Like oh, no. yeah, chat actually liked liked DRMs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, yeah, oh god, wow. Them. I, I just I had a very specific no. thing about them that made them feel like I was smashing my head against a wall when I no, was doing the you, whole you're totally right. That's a feeling that's had by people, for sure, when they were doing that content. You're not wrong. Um, okay, Kriv, did you want to take this bit? I don't know if you wanted to. Sure. We'll yeah. go full steam yeah. ahead. Wink, wink, because the next section is entitled Full Steam Ahead. So this is about the Steam release. The Guild Wars trying to community. Do, like, trying to negate spoilers in the title before you've even read it. No, I like subtitle. <laughs> it was a funny joke, Jebro. That's very good. That's very good, Crave. Can Great. you continue and I will not interrupt you? Of course. The Guild Wars 2 community has grown quite a bit over the last few years, but it could be even bigger. Now that Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons is released, one of our top priorities as a studio is getting Guild Wars 2 ready for release on Steam and introducing the world of Tyria to an entirely new audience of gamers. You only get to launch on Steam once, and we want to make sure we do it right. Over the coming months, we'll be wrapping up work on the Steam integration cleaning up some aspects of the early game experience and ensuring that the game and the studio are operationally ready for a new platform launch. We're also working on getting DirectX 11 ready to exit beta and making it the default graphics setting for new users. We're not ready to commit to a hard date for Steam quite yet, but our hearts are set on launching this year. We'll keep you updated as things progress. Steam! <laughs> what? <laughs> Can okay. we talk about that for a sec too? Because that was a little bit. What about I, I the had... jazz hands or about like. Yeah. Well, they can if you want. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I, I think know. that people are a little bit confused about how things usually are for Steam. Um, sure. Yeah. So th there were a lot of comments when people had posted this on Reddit. Um, oh, really? That were actually. Yeah. That, that people were. Oh. Wait, oh, wait. Are you sorry. joking? No, no, no. Oh. I mean, I. Wait, 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 wait. I thought someone. 
Yeah, that was not that was not a joke. That is like, yes, if someone posts something on Reddit, it will obviously get ripped to yeah. shit. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what it is. But right. I didn't realize someone had actually, I think I, the what was like, really was like, oh, someone posted it to Reddit. Like, as in like, yeah. someone, how could you, oh, it's Reddit. People, <laughs> I yeah, forgot. <laughs> there, was just, there were a couple of people that were confused about the, the Steam release saying, well, I don't really think it's, you know, I, I don't want to have to rebuy the game on Steam. Yeah. And it's like, but if you already have it, why would you but here's the thing like even if you didn't understand that it's kind of like going off of other games when they have a steam release it's they're not compatible mm -hmm. so it's not like you <laughs> you need to get the steam version and you have to buy the expansions again it's that you have a choice and it should will be a lot be like bigger for people, especially new players, to say, oh, it's on Steam now. Now I can get it through here and possibly do, like, even more controller support and things like that because I know there are add-ons. But people were confused thinking that they would either have to buy the game twice or they were mad because they had to have one or the other. And it's like, well, that's kind of how it works because they're not the same. They're not the same. It's like it's like a different platform. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what it is 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 uh, it's it's the same game, but you just access it a different way. It's like ESO, right? right. Like you know, Elder Scrolls Online, you can either access through Steam, which can be dodgy, um, right? Exactly. And, and it has like, especially for MMOs, it, it's it's an Elder Scrolls Online for some reason it just breaks all the time. I don't know why. Oh. It's really weird. Um, but, but like, you know, the other ones. Yeah, and one thing I do hope that they stress, though, is that if you purchase one expansion on Steam, you are not going to be able to purchase other, unless they do it differently, but other expansions to further that game file from just the actual Guild Wars 2 website. It's like Final Fantasy XIV. If you get it from the Final Fantasy XIV website, you it's not compatible with getting it from Steam. Yeah, and, but they let people know that. So I don't yeah. know if that's going to be a thing. I just hope that if it is, that they let people know so people don't fall into a trap, I guess is what I'm saying. I think they had mentioned it when they first were talking about Steam, like a year and a half ago or so. Um, but it has been some time. So I would like to see that reiterated just to, mm -hmm. you know, in case people forgot. Yeah. And I mean, this is honestly like such a good thing this is a great positive like it's very funny to me that people I, I think are just so quick it's not funny i know it's a thing that actually happens it happens all the time but people are so quick to immediately jump to the like well they are wronging me somehow with this and it's like <laughs> well, take it like take a moment <laughs> take a moment breathe now like what does this actually mean this means nothing but good things for this game honestly because when you think about it everyone's always talking about how guild wars 2 it's like one of the least known hidden gems of the mmo market and all this kind of stuff and a huge part of that is that other mmos just have more visibility right like yeah. eso and final fantasy 14 both are on steam um they also are on console but like there is this whole other thing where like you're thinking about it um if an audience doesn't know to go out and look for this game what are they going to look for game recommendations on other platforms sales that might be happening that day that comes across their feed and they're like oh this what is this oh it's an mmo oh wait is the whole base game free oh is this like you know it's one of those things where you need to just be seen in a lot of places and a lot of people do use mmos through steam i actually funnily enough i know there has been real critique of many mmo integrations on steam but i have 
all of my MMOs that are Steam compatible on Steam, including Final Fantasy XIV and ESO, and I've never had a problem with them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, some people it's don't. just, That's true. yeah, like some people don't have that, but like having more options and more visibility for the game is awesome. And the big takeaway for me on this section was also the fact that they are cleaning up some parts of the early game experience. Um, and mm. that, you know, obviously Living Season 1, which we'll get to, also kind of ties into this. Yeah. But in knowing that Steam is going to be a huge opportunity for them to introduce a giant audience to this game, I love this. Like, how robust that'll be, what they're going to do, I don't know exactly, but, like, addressing the core game experience is something we have harped on on this podcast many times. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> Just very minor. And even just to talk about Steam a little bit, I want to go back to what you said, Rook, about like the sales. I, in my head, I'm just like getting so happy thinking about Guild Wars 2 and how often they do sales for the expansion, like going to the Steam homepage and seeing the Guild Wars 2 banner and being like, 25% off, like all these expansions. And like, I think, I think Steam is a, is a great thing for any game. And it's been so long that Guild Wars 2 has been out that, you know, it's, it's nice to see it finally hit that stride of of maybe increased viewership. I mean, honestly, guaranteed increased at least eyeballs on the product. It's free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's literally free. Like Steam is huge. Like Steam the- is ridiculously huge. And if you start to see it on that list, you you search for MMOs because people will always search for MMOs, free MMO RPGs to play. They put their kids in front of it. They put their teens in front of it. You know, they put their husband in front of it. <laughs> they, you know, it's just like, <laughs> even if it gets a thousand people, <laughs> you know, even mm-hmm. if it gets a hundred people, it doesn't matter. It's still going to increase the player base. It literally doesn't matter what the numbers are on Steam. It, it, right. You know, it, I mean, obviously it does, but like, you know, it's going to be a bonus. There's no negatives to this. They can't be. Right. I mean, other than production time, maybe cost, like, you know, I guess that, you know, but, you know, at the same time, I really wish I knew how that worked with Steam. I've got to look that up. But, like, it's just good for the game. It's just mm-hmm. it's great for the game. Go on. Sorry, Zendry. You guys have something. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, um, I did have one community member that was saying that it would be unfortunate because Steam, like, has its own set of achievements and trophies if there would be a tr- uh, achievements mm. that you could only get if you did have the Steam version. So I-, I could see that being a little like, oh, that stinks. But overall, I don't think it would be um, that big of an issue. And I also don't know if they would actually do that because ArenaNet's so good about things like that and because of their model. But... That was something that someone brought up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that could Does be a little really bit care of care about downer, Steam but... achievements? <laughs> I don't care about Steam yeah. achievements. I really I'm not don't. that huge of a Steam gamer, so I don't know a whole lot about wow, the intricacies crew, of called out. <laughs> I know. Wait, you, you play Lost Ark, don't you? You play Lost Ark? Yeah, occasionally. I've been I've been so busy with Guild Wars too. I I guess I'm playing Elden Ring a bit later, so I guess I'm going to become more of a Steam gamer. You are now a Steam gamer. Yep. Gamer. It's a whole different breed. Let's go. That's interesting (laughs) about the achievements, though. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Because I I wonder if there is a clause where you have to integrate some kind of achievements into Steam, like as using some of their basic features, like if you do have your game on Steam. Um, So it would be interesting to see. But like you say, you know, achievements are an intrinsic part of the game. And maybe it would encourage people to, you know, 
dip into platform because i know when it comes out i mean i know that like, i'm gonna do like a first impressions of guild wars 2 on steam we're probably oh, all gonna do that Wait, you know that like, you had mentioned about a podcast about doing another new player experience in the future. That would be the great time because not only are there, is it coming on Steam, but there could be some adjustments yeah. to the new player experience. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. You gotta get on that, Debra. Put a pin in that. Don't worry. By that, by the time that happens, though, I might have hair implants. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be way in the future of it actually uh, happening. Debra got <laughs> the plug. Yeah, no, I'm not the literal plugs. Like the actual. No, I'm not gonna ever do that. I mean, I feel pretty good. Like if they're really trying to push for this year, getting it done, I feel pretty good. They've probably scoped for that. They've really thought about it and they've really planned it. I mean, like there are always, of course, right now, like un, un, unforeseen uh, circumstances, unforeseen circumstances yeah. in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, like we don't really know what could affect that. But I feel pretty good about this. And I mean, yeah, like having that new player experience be tweaked. Like I just can't wait to see what they do with this. I was just going through Core Game again recently, and I was like. Oh, even if they just like polish this little thing up or that thing up. And we even talked about like they have all that technology now for the training arenas in Xinjiang, mm -hmm. like in each of the major cities, like slap those in there, mm -hmm. like put something, you know, there are a lot of small things they could do, even just increasing the stability. Um, and like, you know, a few of the yeah. core game instances are notoriously buggy uh and like figuring mm. out how to kind of tweak that to just make it a little more updated and things i i think would be so smart they should have that um, area in Xinjiang as the first thing you do in the game honestly yeah. like it doesn't matter if you like even if you just transport into camphor then you can see the stuff you're gonna witness right but like have that heart as just a training area and close it off Hi everyone, and just have someone do like, narrating it and saying, "Hello everyone, this is Guild Wars 2. Welcome to this amazing expansion." Oh, you're not there yet because you've still got to learn how the fuck to dodge. Sorry, I swore. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you guys are recording. Out, thankfully. <laughs> I yeah. actually messed up. Oh yeah, I can, no, I'm really not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I do not have the time. Um, and you, you could just do it. It could just be an easy thing. Like we, I knew this would happen. I knew that we would talk about the blog post and start talking about everything. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I mean, well, there's it's so not, much. There is so it's much. exciting. It's, it's really exciting. They did expand a little bit on this as well in an mm -hmm. interview with PC Gamer where Josh was talking about it. So he said in that, back in 2014, we took a massive overhaul approach to revising the new player experience with limited success. And some may argue that the changes made back then didn't necessarily do the game any favors. Davis says that the improve uh, says about the improvements being planned, um, and then he went on to talk about this time around. We're primarily looking at making small incremental changes that add up to big improvements over time. Each of these incremental changes are being deployed as an experiment in an A/B test format, meaning we'll uh, test the changes in the live game with a small number of players, study the results, and then decide to make the change permanent. Uh, further iterate on it or remove it from the game. We'll be making these changes every few weeks with multiple experiments running simultaneously. Uh, we'll communicate any permanent additions to the game once they've made it through testing. And he just kind of mentioned that in the next couple months, there would be discussions about, uh, you know, more of those details and what exactly is going to be released, but that they're working on other minor tweaks, client performance and smaller improvements to the core game experience. So like, it's it's i mean i'm excited i wasn't expecting them to do testing phases on this or anything you know what i mean i just figured they'd probably like streamline and then release and that'd be it <laughs> that's pretty interesting and, and i love the way they say it is just like oh well, we want to polish it but from the way it reads it it just sounds like an overhaul like it sounds like there's so much that they're just Perhaps. like yeah 
It's weird though. The, the, the thing about this is, I'm, and I'm thinking as well, is like my first thought. I haven't read through this article yet. I just, I just haven't had the time. Um, and why didn't they say that in the blog post? <laughs> they could have had this information in the blog post. Like it would just would have been great. It would have been actually amazing to have that information because. And yeah, I get like might... trying to get people to go to, like you know on PC gamer and websites like promoting the game and everything else, but this is very like. I mean, how do we even know these things are out there for a start? Like, you know, you can see it promoted by other people. I like, I know uh, someone from our community who, who writes Guild Wars 2 articles, like, linked me theirs. Otherwise, like, how do we know these articles? Like, they could have said, I don't know if they said at the end of the blog post, you can read more at et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, did they do that? I don't think they did. Did they? No, but I don't think it's that much of a priority at this given stage because they probably want to make their own blog post about these incremental changes when they have a probably. better understanding of what yeah. those actually could be, considering That's Steam true. is a little bit of a ways ahead. So this might have just been like a nice cherry on top uh, to at least like give us some semblance of what they could be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but sense. this also gives more reason to veterans to even maybe go back and start another character and just maybe see if they can find any differences in the new player experience and be like oh i don't remember that or like oh that's new uh, i know i certainly will be going back and creating another character during the steam release so and especially with these changes even more reason for me to go back and do well, so you have to with the steam release because you can't you can't com- copy your account over so uh, but, uh, but i can still <laughs> play on the same account so was talking about changes, that before you say. Right? <laughs> But I think in terms of the one major thing that I think is a necessity for them to change, it's not just these experimental incremental changes. It would actually be the way that story missions are delivered to you. I think that the way in which they changed it back in 2014 was maybe um, not even an improvement. It was actually a regression in the in the direction of the game, because now you have to wait 10 levels before you get any story chapters. Mm. And while us veterans, we might think the game goes by fast for someone who does not know how to optimally level, it still might take a decent amount of time. And they're kind of grinding those levels to get to the next story chapter. And you don't know when that's really going to come or like, how much of it is and so i think they need to revert back to the uh, launch system of the story instances where you get them every two or three levels just you know spread out between one to 80 instead of in 10 10 level chunks and even if they just put a few like if they want to again encourage people to experiment with the open world and you know like in later expansions they structure their narrative in such a way that there's usually some point in the story where they're like now you need to go outside and have fun and you know they kind of send you (laughs) off into the world like a child that's been or a grown adult that's been in their apartment gaming for two weeks um Mm -hmm. where they kind of make you go out um so it's i mean even if they put like a few little lead-ins or little spots or little bits in you know um where they say like now go explore this map for whatever reason i mean they could do stuff like that i think that like you said their curve that pacing is so confusing for new players you know like especially because while we love this game and I love that the core story has so many branching options. And there are real standout moments in the core story. 
it's not like oftentimes a lot of those instances in and of themselves, especially early on, are like so gripping that you just like, you know, you want to explore every single thing and then you're going to get that next sweet, juicy story beat. Like, it's just not, unfortunately. So you get like this little tiny thing and then you're, you're going, oh, what do I do now? I guess I just run around. What's that green? Th oh, I can't do that yet. Okay. And yeah. it is really jarring. It's confusing yeah. for people. Um, I think that core game needs to have better momentum. I think it needs to have better segues in or seg yes, segues, segues, segues into that's the one. That's segues, the one. Man. I don't know what I'm segway, doing. Segues. Segway venues. <laughs> segway venues. Oh, segues sounds like a great meal. <laughs> like it sounds like a food. Um, it needs a better segue <laughs> into map yeah, exploration. Yeah. I was thinking um, more like fondue, actually. <laughs> And it needs to educate you better. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Sorry. We're actually working so hard, bless him. It's like, we're getting okay. to the point with um, words now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me take a second here. Seg you from the dictionary. Move without interruption from one piece of music or scene to another. Oh, okay. What's so is it actually? Of the word? Oh, I thought you were actually meant to say segue. I, well, they both work, honestly, and I was not sure that Segu. Right. I wasn't sure that Segu was a real word for a second. <laughs> Did you just say the word wrong and now it works? Oh, it's of Italian origin. Oh, okay. So now you're speaking Italian? Oh, my people. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. All right. Well, my partner has come in to ask is it, it actually pronounced Segway? <laughs> Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna be like, isn't that actually how you pronounce the word? Thank you, husband, who may not be a husband anymore. <laughs> Look at your face, Rook. I, you are amazing. You are just amazing. Your face reaction just then was like, you're dead to me. <laughs> I have always pronounced them differently. I don't know why. <laughs> Welcome to my revelation. Oh my 30 God, years old. That's amazing. That it's the same word, but I just pronounce it I two different like, ways. Wait until, you have, different word. wait until you hit 40. You'll get that revelation as well. And you realize like you've been saying double double entendre wrong the whole time because it's just because of doubles and because you're English. Um, oh, that's okay. I'm having enough trouble with 30 right now, so... <laughs> uh, you're all annoying me because you're younger than me. <laughs> so, I get off my lawn. just turned 16 yesterday. <laughs> Why do you sound like an old lady? <laughs> yeah, it's my um, Oh, no, wait, you're good. You're good. For a second, I was like, you can't say that because you're not allowed to be on Twitch or stream on Twitch if you're under 17, but I don't think that's correct. Oh, yeah. He's 13. <laughs> probably 13 or something. Fancy, Which was yeah. funny because I'm sitting here going, wait, Kruf is the youngest out of all of us. Oh, yeah, is, that yeah. is true. Baby, sweet, fresh baby to this world. Yep. <laughs> I'm almost turning 21 in April. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That's awesome. Oh, you're so adorable. Oh my God. I know. We should all go out for drinks. Hey, don't, 21. I, would love I wish. Uh, yeah, so I yeah, they could do a better job of the base story. But I am really interested that they are apparently doing this in phases because I, I wasn't expecting that this would be something that they would like test, which does, like we were saying, kind of indicates to me while they're saying small incremental changes, that does feel to me like these changes must be noticeable enough that they would test them so rigorously, you know, like 
otherwise i don't i can't imagine that if it was just something like uh yeah we've made it so that all the quests happen every two levels that they would test that you know what i mean so like i don't know if uh i don't know what we can hope for with this some small part of me kind of hopes that they might put in a few more like animated sequences outside of even the like you know the like stand there talk in front of background that we might see a few of those like really impactful moments can, like the can mentor. everyone do their their rook pose for me like you know, stand in front of background <laughs> I, that was Hello. very good everyone good i job. am here to read my lines now about the story that's happening um i find it charming in some spots but in other parts <laughs> like the loss of your mentor like actually seeing that fully animated would be gorgeous and if they did even like a revamp of like the final fight or like some of the instances like i honestly think that could be great they could even just rehash stuff and proof like you were talking about a zaitan strike like mm -hmm. they could take this opportunity to try and like retool Ooh. some of this stuff and then repackage it in other ways for like their own benefit so it feels like this is a great window and an opportunity for that and we do have zaitan's model in here now in a different way with the final mm -hmm. fight like i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do i don't know if any of you have any other thoughts but you actually did touch on something that i was mostly gonna talk about when we got to season one yeah let's but... talk about it then hold your fire hold your hold yourself Hold fire. Hold fire. Hold fire. That's what it is. Okay. I'm watching loads of Viking stuff at the moment. I don't know why I said that. Um <laughs> it was like Revolutionary War? Maybe. No, yeah, I don't Vikings. Know. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. Anywho. Vikings around the revolution? No, 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 like arrows. Because like hold fire, my brain associates it with like Revolutionary War, or, like wartime. Oh. But I guess you could do it with arrows too. Yeah, you can do it with arrows if you want to. Don't limit yourself, you know? That's all I'm saying. Zandri's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, no wonder these podcasts take five hours. <laughs> it reminds me of that, that heart that you get like halfway through the game, and then I, there's one that actually starts teaching you how to like attack when someone isn't blocking and everything, and then like you actually pick up a um... rifle and hold your fire. Oh like, yeah. It is sort of there, but that's what oh, it reminded yeah. me of. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not in the human. I remember. And it teaches you a gameplay mechanic that does not ever come up in the combat, <laughs> but it used to. Yeah. You used to actually have to hold down abilities to charge them, and I think those should come back because oh, they were fun and so interesting. But, oh, but no. now. Was that, wasn't that, was that a, an alpha combat? That was a combat arena to actually teach you how to block and dodge, but like and then there was like this hold system, but then that was alpha stuff that they were doing with I skills. I bet they changed that into a heart, it. didn't they? Like yeah. it was just like, it, this isn't working people. <laughs> Let's just turn it into a heart. <laughs> that is like the way to do it maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Rem well remembered. Wow. It's a young mind there, Proof. I, I've been obsessed with yours too since 2010, so. And so have I, but like, I'm just old and you forget stuff. Oh. <laughs> That's just what happens. Still got a great hairstyle though. Um, so, let's get in here. <laughs> Season one. Uh, who wants to do this? Oh man, you know when I saw this artwork as well? I was like, ah. Oh. Nostalgia bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm massive nostalgia bomb as well 
I was like, first I was like, what is that armor? Because it looks very cool. But like, yeah, it's just awesome. Okay. okay. Read season one if you want to, or if you would like to, Rook. Go for it. I'll do world versus world after. Yeah. You go for it. So, Living World Season 1 returns. My favorite. One of the most frequent pieces of feedback we hear about the new player experience is that it's hard to get into the Elder Dragon storyline without the context of what happened in Living World Season 1, content that was only available for a brief time in the earliest years of Guild Wars 2. This year, much of Living World Season 1, Scarlet's War, will be making a permanent return to Guild Wars 2 through the story journal. We'll be combining the key story moments and experiences of Living World Season 1 into five episodes that will be released throughout 2022. Our goal is to provide a cohesive bridge between the personal story and Living World Season 2 and give players the opportunity to earn many of the legacy achievements and rewards that have been unavailable all these years. The first episode, Flame and Frost, will release on April 19th. The reason will, uh, the season will conclude with the return of Battle for Lion's Arch, which will include a new strike mission and challenge mode. We're excited for veteran players to be able to revisit the key moments of Living World Season 1 for the first time in nearly nine years, and to give new players a better narrative introduction into the expansion and Living World content that follows it. Living World Season 1 will be a free addition to the base game for all players, including free accounts for ever i think that's the best part honestly yes 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 it's so good mm -hmm. this is the, such great news and the way that they word it just including free accounts forever especially since one of the things for people like when you explain to people getting into the game like yeah it's free to you know but you know free to play at first and then it's buy to play and all of this and then people are like well yeah but then you buy the expansions and then you get the living world stuff and i'm like okay but so this is really cool. And I'm just really excited because I never got to take part in these things. And I watched a full, like, three-hour, four-hour-long video on yes. it to get all of the lore, which was also really good. It was really well put together. But it was better than, in my opinion, the little cinematic that they have in-game. And for me, it's always, like, coming across something that had happened in season one and i'm like oh wait i don't remember this happening even now and people go well that's a season one thing and let me explain to you mm. what and i'm like oh i'm so excited that it's actually and, and the fact that it's going to be a strike mission and a cha challenge mode for battle for lion's arch i actually had a, a comment someone was like i'm excited to see lion's arch again especially watching it burn and i was like oh but yeah lion's arch <laughs> was better I miss it so much. You at least get to see that in the story when everyone from yeah. Destiny's Edge is like meeting again and fighting, and so you do see that, but I'm stoked. And and I made the joke on stream. I was like, this could totally be foreshadowed. And people were like, Really? And I go, Yeah, because of my trin and Scarlet, and there's a Scarlet fight. So obviously this was foreshadowed for season one, and they're like, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. You're you're right. So really interesting timing on that. I also talked about that on stream and how like there was so many callbacks to season one mm -hmm. in this expansion. And it's like I, I know it's like the characters, that's where they were. But then to then realize that they were going to reintroduce season one, I was like, ah, I see what you did there. I see what right. you did. But my I mean, experience. Oh, oh, 
just gonna say my history of season one is that i played the first couple releases but then that was the one time in guild wars 2's lifespan where i took a break so i didn't play really any of the the middle chunk of narrative i came back for the battle for lion's arch and ever since then i've kind of stuck with the game so that's my history mm. from season one I, yeah i didn't get yeah. to play it either i wow. uh you know I, like i'm the only one mm-hmm uh, I came in Path of Fire, so it had like, you know, long had not been there. Um, and I remember even playing through it, I was so confused. Like, I watched the little snippet, and then we got into Living Season 2, and I was just like, who are all these people? And why do they refer to me like they know me? Like, why do they think we're friends or something? I don't, like, I truly don't understand. And people were like, oh yeah, well that's just like context for, you know, you know Living Season 1, and, and because you met them there. and. I really don't think that they could have gone ahead with anything other than this. Like, they could have, you know what I mean? They could have even just, like, maybe expanded the the movie cinematic or something and just done that and called it there. But considering, yes, the full circle that they did, and really when you think about this, the dragon cycle starts because of Scarlet, because Scarlet wakes up Mordremoth. So, like... All of the events here that like were set in motion started in this season. Every single major character we have had since then was introduced in this season. So to say that like we are finishing the 10 year story arc of End of Dragons and moving on to something else, like literally they would not have been able to finish this story if they had not put this back in in some sort of playable way for people. And really the only people that are going to push past these huge disparities in story are those players who like have people telling them the game is so worth it, do it. Or those players who they really had certain elements speak to them. But just as many players are going to get to that point and then be like, what? Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, what do you mean there's just a huge gap in the story of this game that is never explained? And they may not have even found the cinematic. They may not have any idea of what or why. Like, they don't know to ask those questions. So suddenly they are just me years ago being yeah. like, I have no idea who a single person is here. And I wish that I... And also, you, even in that cinematic, you saw there's still cinematics messing. I, I messaged you because you can't all watch the stream, but I messaged you the instance, uh, which is called Lion's Arch, and in brackets it says under attack, which is like it technically Escape from Lion's Arch because Escape from LA is an awesome movie, obviously, with Kurt Russell in it. So, like, all the fun times there. But basically, like, this was a. So the reason why that everything is missing is a lot of this stuff was also they were transitioning from a model of <clears throat> live experience over experience that you can relive over and over again. And they were, this was their plan for the future. So I have no idea how they thought that future players would be able to get into any kind of meaningful story. Like I have no idea. Like at, the, at first, like everyone player-wise is like, this is amazing. This is the best. This is the best thing ever. And then it was like, well, every two weeks, that might not be doable <laughs> to do that. Um, because that's what they were going to, that's, that's what they pitched us, you know? I think it was every two, I think it was every two weeks. I think it was something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, which, you know. And it was if, like literally changing everything with every single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, like, we went to South Sun Cove, which is part of this story, like, which was actually not part of the story, but it was pre season one. 
Yeah, and we went to South Sun, and there was basically a ton of instance. I'm talking about maybe potentially hundreds of thousands of players wanting to log in to play this and going to one island with loads of different instances all at the same time. And Guild Wars 2 servers, they didn't die. <laughs> they they didn't get to the point of dying. It evaporated. They didn't even they weren't even alive, I think, at the first place to be dead. It was just like I remember the hype on the day we were in Mumble. This is pre all the oh. things. So I was in Mumble still back then. And um because it wasn't Discord wasn't around. It was like no. TeamSpeak. TeamSpeak vent, Mumble. Yeah, Mumble was the I... Mumble was more like the cool thing. And like TeamSpeak was like the whatever uh, <laughs> and then vent was just even more well actually mumble was awesome anyway i remember like a whole guild being like 50 people and we were like oh i can't get in none of us were in the same instance the game was just broken i got through it but it was like literally i'm talking about a laggy powerpoint like a laggy powerpoint <laughs> but i was still really hyped and enjoying like the event but it just didn't work because it just it was just broken for everyone um and, the, and then they kind of started doing that. And then there was the a lot of season, season one, especially in the beginning, people didn't like it. It was not good. Like there was just things people were like, I don't want to go around collecting signs. I don't want to do this. Like some of this stuff is rubbish. And then they started to get towards like Battle for LA and stuff. And Battle for LA was awesome. I'm just going to play it in the background. There is the link like if you want to have a look at it. But like the... Uh, leading up to it because obviously this again was a one-off time one-time event like this was a chronological thing which affected the game world which i love fyi like you know in in, in world of warcraft for example you know we've got cataclysm i think cataclysm was a really smart idea um but you can still go back right and you can can you can you time warp before Andre to like actually uh, I mean, to you can do time walking but it's mainly like dungeons so you don't ever yeah. really see the map pre-cata yeah, anymore yeah, so like yeah. everything that the the scar is through is just there and a lot of people actually miss the way the maps looked previously before all of that happened but... yeah yeah that's true it, it does because now like just like la <sighs> yeah, this yeah. Is just you take of changing <laughs> the aesthetic well, this is this the, the LA was so good as well. Like it was just so good. Like just all the ships are like used as buildings and like homes, and it was just so good. And the event was just it was just such. It's one of my favorite events ever in Guild Wars Two. It's Ralph, really. my favorite. Uh, That's and... what got me back into the game, and not only did that get me back to it, to try it and play it. I stayed ever since because I was like, oh, this is the caliber that Guild Wars 2 can hit. And this is like the community and like epicness. Uh, and it was so much fun. It was before Heart Fawns as well. Like it wasn't even the yeah. expansion. Like it was leading. It was like, wow, here's, here's Scarlet. Scarlet's in in like Lion's Arch. So Scarlet, Scarlet's essentially in our home base. Like Scarlet's like, I don't care. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I was, I was, my Mesmo was still my main, funnily enough, actually, in this. And I used to lead metas, not metas, but I used to lead these maps. And you just go from event and from event to event. And it would just be cool because you'd be like, wow, Lion's Arch just changed. And I'm going to have to listen to this actually later. 
but like you know lion starts to change all the old armor wow the cultural non armor what's going on um, but we didn't have much in the game at this point of view even like looks wise outfits everyone's fashion wars is the, was bad yeah well <laughs> there everyone's was, fashion wars is sealed there was fame. no like, account, <laughs> like there was no account sharing of fashion wars transportation charges no. were so hard to come by it was it was a different era. Dyes were character bound. Was it even yeah. wardrobe system in this point there in time? There wasn't. I don't think there was, no, because I've got Citadel. Yeah, I've got Citadel of Flame Armor on there and some Temple Armor, which is really old school. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. oh God, Marjorie and Kazmir. I forget that they were in the game. I keep forgetting they were well, in the game this early as well, like Brown and everything. I'm just like, oh, my God, I forgot they about were. that. I mean, all those characters were. And, like, actually, one of the things oh. that I'm, actually, I'm so excited to see, because I think that, like you all pointed out, they tailored End of Dragons, in a sense, completely factoring in the story beats that they had hit from Living Season 1 and trying to bring them all to fruition in a way. So yeah. going back and doing this is amazing because even back in, what was it, 2013? In that, was that what it was? I'm trying to remember. Like when yeah. this happened. Like that. Um, saying, yeah. Guild Wars 2 had one of the first ever, maybe still the only, I don't know, I need to do more research on this, same-sex kisses depicted in the game, which is like MMO for absolutely sure. amazing. Yeah. Um, and like even now in MMORPGs, representation is such a, a topic, right? Because um, very few other games will commit to it and actually show it. Um, and yet we've had these incredible characters. Uh, my favorite is that in the PC Gamer article, they do also say season one introduced the current main cast, including this himbo. And then there's a picture of Bram. Um, uh, really? <laughs> but, I mean, we got we got literally every major character was introduced in that season. Um, yeah. You know, Carjury uh, was introduced as a ship and as two independent entities, as well as even stuff about the detective agency, which uh, like you will hear about in end of dragons and they even talk about as some of the future plans and the growth for that agency um and then as well the bar that they get married in i mean that was all stuff that you did in season one so like yeah. to be able to actually go back and now retailer season one in a way that they know where they're going to with it and they're going to be trying to figure out how they can fill in the gaps in the best way and provide the most context for end of dragons i'm actually genuinely really excited about it and that paired with those changes to the core game experience i think again just gives everybody plus all of the achievements were returned to it gives everybody such an opportunity to go back replay everything and like reconnect and re-experience this game um and then look forward to the future oh like the, the thing and now the thing is and i guess we can talk about this maybe um in terms of yeah you read that bit Okay, in terms of like what the strike is for this, yes. like, um, I don't know actually. I mean, I I'm assuming idea. it'll be Scarlet, probably, maybe. But it's gonna be the holographic Scarlet. You think it's that's gonna be the, the holo from the? That's the one that is the most fitting of a strike mission. It's yeah. a large arena. Holographic Scarlet is very tall. Uh, when you fight Scarlet. Because you do fight the holographic one and then you go fight Scarlet. Yeah. That feels more like a... Maybe a bit more of like a story beat rather than like a strike mission that's kind of this Yeah, larger. rather than like a personal... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it sh it'll be holographic Scarlet. I'm interested to see how they're going to do the rest of the battle. 
like the attack on Lion's Arch and also the retaking of Lion's Arch because there might not be the same scale because it'll probably be something you do up by yourself or with five friends. But I imagine they can do something where there's more NPCs around and maybe some phasing of some some kind. Could be like the instance they do for um, Icebreed Saga. Visions of the past? Yeah, so you could be yeah, like, could they be could do that. They could do the... Well, the Dragon Bell. Yeah, like they have the... Oh, Dragonstorm. Yeah, yeah, Dragonstorm, sorry. Oh, So you have like a that. big squad. Uh, you have big squad that goes through because this is an instance. This is, you know, LA is a map and is an instance. Like that was an instance of a map. They've, they've definitely still got it. They've still got the, till, got all the stuff for it. I just wonder, is that something that could happen every... It's just another event to fit in. But like, I would love for people to experience that as as i experienced it because it was amazing like one yeah. you get to go revisit okay it's a destroyed la but it's it's still la but like you get to visit kind of some a place that you haven't visited before and maybe you can visit it before as well and and you know introducing the story also there's loads of other stuff i love but like i think it was such a fun experience to just go through and with lots of players and just like all the mini bosses and champions and the loot was great it was just fun i would like i would love people to be able to relive that but also it would be cool to re-experience in a different way as well um i don't know how like maybe sandry and rook like would what would you prefer to kind of experience do you think i think if they went really buck wild and i don't i don't know if i think they'll actually do this yeah you just um, go for unicorns but... doing there all the things I think if they went really buck wild, they could introduce a like smaller scale map that could be like an alternative instant. Well, it could just be an alternative version of like <gasps> a DRM. Dark, like, <laughs> no, not a DRM. I mean, like an actual Sorry. map in the game, like yeah. an actual map in the game. Yeah. Um, and it could be a meta event like that map, kind of like what we see with the final zone of End of Dragons could be like a map that is about the meta right it could be about the moment in many ways and it could just essentially be that so that people could still go on and like run it as though it were any other map meta and there could you know be some other things that you could explore or do on it if they really wanted to make that the finale do i think they'll do that probably not it would be a lot of work i, I don't know i think probably something that's I mean, even if they did, again, like, I want them to codify things into these categories. So I don't really want just, like, another DRM. I mean, a, a fractal or something, you know, maybe we could have something like that that would then be sort of merged in. But um, I honestly think it'd be super cool if they culminated it in a map version of Old Lion's Arch and, you know, how you could toggle that or whatever. Or, like, you know, instance yeah. between old and new. Uh, it would just be really fun, I think. Yeah, I like that idea, too. I'm not exactly sure how they would go about it but i think it would be really cool um and i'm actually curious to see because they said it's going to be like the five like five episodes which obviously wouldn't culminate like the full story of everything so i'm excited to see exactly what they pick and choose for it um obviously having only watched the video i'm not exactly sure and i don't have a lot of you know, say in it, but I think it's really cool. And the other thing that I really like is that they're still pushing the strike mission in challenge mode. So it's not like you're talking about DRMs and fractals and dungeons. And it's like, yes, those are all instances and now they've progressed to strikes. But it would be nice if they just said, this is now the instance PVE content. 
Like, this yeah. is what you do, which is going to be strikes and CMs. And I do like that they're integrating the CMs because it gives more for players who are more like a little bit less casual if you want to play that way. And it kind of like bridges that gap, too, so that there's something for everyone. So I'm excited for all of it just because I missed it. So... And on the topic of strike missions, this is going to be the very first introduction of 10 player group content that free-to-play players can participate in, mm -hmm. or people who just have the normal That's guild to account. Free, yeah. There's never been raid access or strike mission access to <clears throat> anyone. So this will be a great way for people to, even if you're free-to-play player, really test and see if this game has endgame content that you are interested in, uh, aside from I completely from forgot about that. Good, good. Good pickup. That's a really good. That's a really good point. That is actually ridiculous because yeah, like you say, yeah. they would have had to pay for it. They would have mm -hmm. had to pay to get that access. So it's like yeah. So that's good. That's an accessibility thing. Although then you're talking about LFG again because you've got to, you've got to, you got. They've got to start putting this in the game. They just LFG, have to. Yeah, be nice. They have to. They're even putting it in New World now. For God's sake, you know, <laughs> even New World's going there. It's just like. I, I, anyway, that's, that's another thing. But like, but yeah. The topic about strikes and the free-to-play player experience, kind of going back to what Rook was saying, I think the core personal story needs to have two or three strike missions for that as well to integrate core, that core into story? even... Like 80, leveling up to 80? The, to 80. I would say for the Zaitan arc, you could make a strike mission out of the mouth of Zaitan, the eye of Zaitan, yeah, and Zaitan himself. Do you think, it's, though, Kruf, like, talking about mm -hmm. that, not sorry to interrupt because it's on your oh, point, no, please, please do you do. think you could have baby strikes, like, leading up to that as, like, more of an intro, like, as in players are kind oh. of doing it as, like, a lower level thing, or do you think that would be not worth it? I think there's already dungeons that you experience throughout the story. I would like if they were more directly baked into the actual personal story arc. Um, mm. It's something you can choose to do. But I think once you get to around 80, that's when you really should be pushing players a little bit more strongly into the direction of, okay, this is the end game. This mm. is the level of strike missions that we have. And Zaitan being one of the weakest fights Guild Wars 2 has created, I think Zaitan is the most fitting for an overhaul in, in terms of a strike mission. And <sighs> especially if they're doing it yeah. for season one, that would give core and free-to-play players a good idea of like, uh, and also even veterans, to go back to these areas and to these, these zones to re-immerse yourself in it uh, and experience more endgame content for everybody. Yeah, it's something that you just have to do at a certain point, right? MMOs develop, they change you know, what they're going to do, they tailor content, how they deliver that content. Then the big thing becomes how do we retroactively make this a linear streamlined experience where people know what to expect, what kind of contact they can, or content they can engage with, and like what is out there for them to enjoy in this game. Um, and one of the big problems with Guild Wars 2 right now is that because the game has changed so drastically from the initial envisioning, and I think in most ways for the better, honestly, um, uh, it is something where going back and retroactively making it so that that core game experience in Living Season 1 actually give people a taste of like, well, I do want to have this other stuff. Like, I do want more strikes. I know what strikes are. I was introduced to them back in the core game. I was introduced to them. Like, it's not something where, you know, uh, people are just trying to figure out, like, how do I even engage with content that I would want to play in an MMO in this MMO? Like, what even is that? What are dungeons? But they phase those out? Well, what are, like, 
they need to retroactively go and adjust some other things and like add stuff in like they're talking about and i'm so glad they are doing i mean even in 14 right now we're seeing this there were these like weird sword thumbs like dungeons that were these main story culmination dungeons that like for a long time they just haven't known what to do with because they have so many cutscenes and there's so much stuff in them and people get really salty running them and like they were part of various grinds and they take a million years and they're like these really weird things um so they just themselves announced that they are going to be essentially packaging those up into like breaking it up and packaging them up into various types of content that fall in line with what you expect from the overall experience of Final Fantasy XIV. So in a very similar like point in their development cycle, Guild Wars 2 also is having to do this now. How do we create a language, a throughput of what players can expect? Um, one thing that I thought was also a really good note on this is the fact that in that PC Gamer article, they actually elaborate a little bit and say um, that the interviewer asked about the scrying pool instances that are in Iceberg Saga. Um, and Josh apparently said that the rebuilt season one will make the scrying pool versions of those missions superfluous. So we'll be phasing those out as the relevant missions become available in the story journal. All related achievements oh. will be completable. So they so, actually, so that was their plan originally to just keep that. And now they're just replacing it because I wonder if it's because people just wanted it the way they can do it <laughs> like, i wonder if that i wonder if that is the like that's literal liter, literally literally listening to the, the feedback but also thinking about the future and future players and like that, that gap we've been talking about interesting i need to go read that okay wow anything else no, more strikes for strikes, core, yeah. season one and the other expansions <laughs> i would love heart of thorns and path of fire strike mission Oh yeah, I just like strikes a lot. <laughs> They're so much fun. Yeah. I, I would just love if they kept that and, and just left it as these are what our instances are. These are what you can expect. We do strikes, and then we have challenge modes, and then just change everything into to fit that form. Yeah, honestly, honestly, awesome. Um, let's go on to world reworld. If we, I don't, I don't know if we need to read the world reworld. This one felt more like the other World vs. World blog post is kind of just reiterating reiterating that they're testing yeah, things. It doesn't feel like a big nest There's no need to big read it. Reward. There's no announcements of rewards. I think the only thing is um, they talk about balance. Uh, or that They also have another section about that, but they're going to be mm -hmm. like focusing more on balance, but it's not really any big news in this section. Yeah, my big takeaways from this were that Again, they're just reiterating world versus world is a cornerstone mode. They have plans on developing it. In order to do that, they need to address foundational limitations and problems with this game mode to make it a better experience for everyone and so that as many people can engage with it as possible. That once that is done, they realize that even as a part of those foundational things, that rewards are not super satisfying. So they are taking a look at like alternative ways that they can provide better rewards for active participation and make engaging with world versus world more rewarding and more active for those who want to engage with it. And then finally, that like after they do this core stuff, they will be looking ahead to the future of world versus world, which could encompass anything from new modes, new maps, you know, but that they knew they couldn't just start churning that stuff out with a system that had other fundamental things and foundational things that needed to be addressed. So 
Um, that's what I mostly took away. I don't know. Yep. Basically. <laughs> Looking at, yeah, they need to, uh, they're trying to squash that major bug, like you said, more rewarding, more better. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like at the point with World v World now where I'm like, poor buggers. <laughs> like they really just, they're just really not getting their stuff, are they? <laughs> at the moment, I'm just like, oh, hey, dear. there will be more uh, profession yeah. updates with World versus World and PvP next mm -hmm. week, That's and that actually true. is a good segue into the next. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even like, I don't even view it as like, oh, I feel so bad for them right now. And I know a lot of people are so bummed yeah. they didn't get like a Cantha map and stuff with World versus World. Nah, they don't need that. Well, like they should, get it, though. I, they should like I get it. I it's fair, right? Like this is a big draw as to why people play this game, um, and we've even seen other MMOs like ESO. I think, although I have no confirmation, directly draw inspiration from this game mode to introduce it into their own games with more, you know, having a, a testing pool previously in another game to look at it and then be like, ah, and this is how we'll do it, right? So wow, I, Guild Wars Two stole it from. <laughs> Well, yeah, so there was another game All that inspired it. There was, so there was Warhammer Online and Dark Age of Camelot. That's what it was. It's, Warhammer Online did um, the, yeah, did the open RVR. So open RVR games have been around for ages. And like, yeah, I like Guild Wars 2 took a lot from, World, from uh, Warhammer Online, including the heart system and the event system, which is, yeah. there's a lot. And, that, and it's good. Like, that's a good thing, but they refined yeah. it and they made it kind of okay. Yes, but like the main thing here being, I mean, well, as we all know, MMOs draw from a million different sources and different inspirations. Um, but like, I honestly think this is great because these things straight up do need to be addressed and they have been communicating them very clearly. And if we want future content for this game mode, these are the steps that have to be taken. So it's like, to me, it's like, yes, you have to wait a little bit longer. And I know that is frustrating for people that have waited for a very long time for this game mode to be addressed. And I don't want to undermine, undermine that. But at the same time, like, this is news and this is good. Like, this is going to open this up to more players. It's going to be more rewarding for those who like it. Um, and then from there, we can see how they want to build it. But they definitely have not said, like, it really is over and done. Like, this, this is the complete opposite of that, you know? Exactly. And now we wait for Jebba to get back so we can progress to the next section of profession updates, unless <laughs> I just start reading. <laughs> I mean, I feel like mostly just them saying that they're going to have continuous updates on a schedule for even professions is good, too. But that's really yes. all it is, except for the CMs officially coming out on the 19th in the profession update. <laughs> and also season section. one is coming out. <laughs> In the 19th. So we have less than a month of a month away before we play the very first episode for season one. Great. This is blog post is has great scheduling and information about scheduling. It looks very mm -hmm. promising. Good job. Sorry about that. No Even worries. The, the uh, building next door has stopped and there's people moved in next door. They're now doing built work on the other parts of the building. So they're like oh. knocking on doors and they took the water off this morning. And I can't wait to move. Um, <laughs> Lord, this um, okay, so yes, professions. Does it all uh, kind of read that? Is 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 the shorty? Is the shorty one? I don't mind doing it. Go for it, Jabra. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You love balance. This is your sector. Yay! Okay, <laughs> kind of. It's not that. It's it's. I, I'm actually not sure if I'm happy or not about this bit. Um, <gasps> I know. 
Profession updates, balance and maintenance of Guild Wars 2's extensive combat system, including the latest elite specializations released with End of Dragons, is important for keeping gameplay engaging and varied across PvE, World v. World and PvP. Um, sorry, I just remembered a post on Twitter the other day. Someone said it's actually quicker to say like world versus world and it is to say www or something like that like it was just it's just funny I'd, anyway it just randomly popped into my head moving forward we'll be making professions and elite specialization updates a higher priority which i did talk about pre eod release uh, our plan includes quarterly profession updates with smaller releases in between as we monitor and respond to how the meta in each game mode takes shape in addition to the number of tweaks that you're used to seeing, the team will be revisiting some underpowered and underused weapon skills. Engineer turrets, please. Um, and bombs. Like, let the engineer have some actual stuff that is fun to use. <laughs> Come on. And the team will be revisiting these things, uh, all utilities for each profession in each profession update to... Ooh. Each profession update. Okay. To help expand your arsenal, we will continue to make game mode specific balance adjustments as needed. We'll be releasing some PvP and world v world balance changes in the March 29 update and our first major profession update will drop on June 28th, <laughs> which is a little bit away, but it's okay. Um, I'm just gonna give you my initial thoughts. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna talk first. It's the quarterly updates are okay. I thought they were going to give us bigger updates after EOD, like quickly in succession. Like that was my impression from some of the notes they'd put up, some of the some of the blog posts and stuff. I know they're doing small ones. Obviously, they've got the rest of the game to balance and stuff as well. I don't know if they need to worry too much about classes at the moment because I think people are still playing around with them, still trying to get used to them anyway, and like. I think you put too many changes in early, you know, it confuses people a little bit, especially newer players, but like older and vet players, like specifically getting upset about like Catalyst and other things is another another tale. Um, but... I feel like this is just gonna, it's, it's gonna go back to the way it was. I just have this feeling. I just have this feeling in my soul <laughs> that it's just gonna oh. get because quarterly updates is still you know every three months which is actually pretty good for an mmo to be honest it was six i think it was six months before maybe it was six months yeah we've had like six seven month stretches so yeah. i would i'll take quarterly over i'll take it as well that's true by annually or i think twice maybe by annually that's true but i think the main one and i think this is the saving part of this for me where i'm like okay so maybe the reason is as well is because they're actually doing a lot of work on past stuff and stuff that people don't actually use so if you think about your classes that you all play as well i mean i know like i said i was made sound sound like a bit of a joke but turrets are a joke like they're just silly like they don't like you know they just sit there and they're, they're cool like they're you know they in a way like healing turrets all right um but the other stuff is just it just seems odd like it just doesn't really they don't really do much they just sit there and bombs are like crap in pvp and they're crap in world v world and 
if you're just standing at a boss and uh, like a striker or a raid and stuff you just plop them on the ground i get it but they're still not massively fun to use so there's loads of stuff for engineering there's loads of stuff for other classes where i'm like yeah you just don't use that stuff they're going to change banners right for warriors they've still got that yes. work to do they're changing spirits as well so that's exciting so there is a lot of work they've got to do so i get it so maybe maybe i'm not that sad about this but i think i wanted to like a lot quickly <laughs> i think i but i think they did a lot of balance pre's and like as you know just before they were bringing it out but what do other people think what do people think sorry i'll wrap it on I've, this bit i like this schedule i think having a pvp and world versus world dedicated balance patch next yeah. week is going to be really interesting mm -hmm. and even in that patch they are touching a little bit of uh a an elite spec the catalyst because there were some community reactions to that so they're definitely still adjusting and tackling major hot button issues uh, but in terms of having a schedule i'd rather them stick to that schedule and say they're going to do it every three months than rather like have a, a window of each month and then they're like okay so that's done then have no balance patch for like six seven months uh, and my understanding was actually they were going to start doing more frequent balance patches after they nail down world versus world at least that's kind of how it was written in the world versus mm -hmm. world post um but then again it's like did that mean balance specifically for competitive game modes or did that also entail balance for the entire game so it was maybe a little bit of a interpretation in that a blog post but i'm not too mad at, at this june june 28th is a little bit ways away but mm. i like having any balance with pvp and world versus world to talk to i guess talk it's only about. two and a half months two and a bit not months. too bad yeah anyone else excited for it i don't think it's bad i think that they'll in between that time still be able to see if there are any like exploits or if things are overperforming like the catalyst and be able to handle those on like an as needed basis like they have been doing and then just doing everything together for these systematic updates i just i think it's a good thing just to hear that yeah it's not going to be all the time it's not going to be like maybe once a year it's this is what our what our goal is and i really like that and it doesn't mean that they won't address issues along the way yeah they did mention that in the middle of each major update like in the interim they'll be doing smaller patches here and there mm -hmm. uh, so i think they have a more solid team around balance particularly so that's nice to hear i think they've got the same team i just think they're trying to focus more because I don't think anyone's yeah. left. I don't think everyone's moved, as far as I know. Because I know those guys. But, like, I think that the, the main, basically, the main problem was so, if you don't know, <laughs> I'm going to get a bit salty right now. Um, <laughs> this is going to happen. Let me get my chips. So, first, I'm seasoning Kruf, my chips. Kruf will probably remember this. Um, Ooh. Uh, but, like, Season 1 Pro League Guild Wars 2 esports entry into like the world of esports when I was shoutcasting, like the peak, like the beginning of the peak. Season 1 
when Chronomancer came out and was literally a bunker. I mean, you've all experienced Chronomancer in raids, like knowing mm -hmm. how, like, like back in the day specifically as well. And I think maybe even up until maybe Zendry was playing maybe as well. I don't know. I've heard stories too. Okay, yeah, that's it. And like it just being ridiculous, like it just, you know, a complete tank can do all the things. And every team had one, like had one at least. Some teams had two. I mean, we changed the rules so you could only have one class um, per team. I can't remember when we changed that. But anyway, basically, I was commentating and I was in England, but I was in Leicester. So I was in this big studio, BSL, and it was amazing and it was great. But then I'm in this place where I'm trying to commentate and make exciting like calls about two chronomancers hitting each other on a neutral point. And I'm like... In the entire game. Yeah. On uh, Battle for Kylo. And it was just like... The clock tower. I was just like... In my head, I was like this. What do I do? <laughs> but like in my professional shoutcaster. Whoa, this is amazing. You know, you sword free and blah, 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 look at the rest of the map. Blah, 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 etc. And I'm going off on one. Being my hype self. But then in my heart, I'm just like, kill me. <laughs> because like... It is literally painful doing this because it was just awful to watch and they didn't change it and it literally destroyed like the season one for Guild Wars 2 PvP and like all the people in the comp scene know it as well and it was just such an it was just such a painful thing to not have a change that could have just catapulted this season and just changed the outcome of what it was because it killed it it just so killed it and it was all balance issues and it's really like i'm still sorry about that it doesn't matter like to, it doesn't matter in the end of things but like it's still a fresh wound it, yeah. but like it was so it was such a big thing though Chris. it was back yeah. then it was so huge and it you know we were getting good viewership yeah. and then it just fell like interest i remember fell watching off. them in my like living room flat screen and just like seeing everything and like the whole production of it it, do, it did baffle me as to why, it, when you were progressing into something so public, where everyone's eyes are watching it, yeah. to not have faster reaction times with like, oh, this thing is like a glaring issue that people are reacting very negatively about, and then to not even touch it or talk about it was very yeah. strange like resources should have been adjusted it was just it was we just didn't get it at the end of the day and and i can i can probably guess what the restrictions were but i don't want to say <laughs> like, um but like you know i think there were mixed ideas of what how pvp was for a lot of like pve peeps as well as um staff who worked for in and i think there was a lot of contestion between like pve and pvp and what there was a whole massive argument about marketing and money and like being spent on pvp and how that money should have been put into pvp and it was like there was this huge thing on reddit it was it was pretty it got pretty dicey for a while there was and lots this of was stuff like well before they did skill splitting so if yeah. they did touch <laughs> chronomancer it would have affected everybody else mm -hmm. uh, i think they should have i mean guild wars one had skill splitting between the two game modes so it it, it did kind of baffle me as to like the early yeah. moments of guild wars 2 and the early moments of heart of thorns mm -hmm. it still really didn't have its footing uh, so maybe that. so maybe yeah. that's why i'm maybe a little bit hesitant or a little bit like scared but like maybe and i should probably just forget about it and just realize that now is the different time and that's okay and it's gonna be fine 
Well, I mean, it's like a trusting thing, too, because a lot of people, when you talk about these exciting new things, a lot of people are like, but there have been times in the past when they've promised these things and they didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Definitely. so I feel like that's a, a part of it as well. For sure. And I mean, that's really just going to take a little bit of willingness from everybody to buy into the new stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like buy into yeah. everything that's being being talked about, as well as the studio actually proving that that trust is not misplaced right yeah um and that these things are things they're taking action on and so while it's it's so awful because jeb i mean like like you said here you are on this you know new horizon for the game and like particularly at that time mmos in the esport arena like it, it wasn't a thing really yeah. right so guild wars <laughs> 2 to be like one of the first to bridge that gap and have a dynamic system that was so exciting that was a huge opportunity for the game. And yeah. like now, long term, does it really matter? No. I mean, am I also glad that it didn't just become an esports centric game and then they dumped all the other content because they were like, the only thing that matters is this PvP? Like, I do think that this game's journey has been a really fantastic one. They've learned so much and it's had its high points and its low points. But I think that something like this, this mention from the profession updates is exactly acknowledging that, right? It really seems like, and even the way that they started this post saying, we took stock of all the ways that we have dropped the ball, that we have, you know, done an amazing job, that we have like, you know, what's unique about our game that's fantastic? What can we really work on? What were some of the biggest stumbling blocks that we've had in this game so far? Um, and when you hit that 10 point marker and you close out that story you've been working on, I mean, I think that it's a great time for that reflection. So this feels to me more so like them, I think, trying to truly say like, hey, let's actually build this trust. We are going to do this regularly. We realized that in the past, this was a problem. So like, we know we need to be more in tune with this for the different game modes and more actively revamping stuff. Um, so while it's again, not something that like, I understand why people, not everybody is going to be super thrilled about this or excited about this, especially given some of the context about how balancing has been in the past, whether or not balancing has really even helped, whether or not it's even happened. Like there's definitely an effort here being made. And mm -hmm. I mean, already with the immediate response for catalyst, we are seeing them, I think, yeah, try true. to not repeat that mistake from the past with chronomancer, try to be better about these things. Right. Good point, actually. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. Like, because that's a big, because they didn't do that. I don't think they did that after Hearthforms initially. Did they? I don't think they did. I can't remember it. No. I don't think they did. So that is good. Yeah, it's true. I would, I, th this is the thing. I'm definitely, I'm definitely more on the hopeful positive side. I just always have been. Like, but like, I definitely, that is definitely still in the back of my head there. Just, just like post expansion i can't remember what they did post path of fire either to be honest but anyway they reworked dead eye and then left firebrand and oh. scourge to dominate oh my god do you remember they did redo, redo dead eye and it was like <laughs> oh wow that's such a cool in-depth thing and they did mesmer as well didn't they um yeah they did mm, they did mesmer a bit yeah yeah, yeah. they well a they did a whole i'm pretty sure they did a big post they did chronomancer they did do a couple reworks with Chronomancer, Tempest, Revenant, Druid, <laughs> Okay, well, is anyone else want to say anything else about that? Because I think we're starting to get towards uh, kind of the end, but there's still... <laughs> now it's we're getting an end of Dragon stuff.
Yeah, we go. Okay. Finally. Does someone want to read this? I'll go for it. Let's do it. Okay. Period. End of dragons continued as Jebro slurps in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This. No, you're good. This month, the team is focused on polishing up Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons by addressing content balance issues, exploits, and bug fixes. Your feedback has been immensely helpful in this regard, and we're continuing to watch conversations around rewards, meta difficulty, elite specializations, and others. Please continue to share your thoughts with us and keep an eye on the forums and our social media channels for updates. We're also working on finalizing the four strike mission challenge modes, the first of which is slated to release on April 19th. We've already heard a lot of positive feedback about the design of these encounters, and we're excited to see the community tackle these epic encounters over the next few months. The first new variant for the Generation 3 Legendary Weapons for all weapon types will drop on May 24th, themed after the fearsome Elder Dragon Zaitan. Details on how to unlock these variants will become available closer to their release. Any guesses as to what second variant will be in June? Finally, we're happy to confirm that we're working on the next story update for Guild Wars 2, including a new map set in the Cantha region. The story, and how we tell it, can go in so many interesting directions now that the Elder Dragon threat is addressed. Chris? Juicy. <laughs> I see you. Juicy. You, you like... Actually, Zandri. I'm excited about all of it, to be honest. I'm excited to try Strike CMs. Uh, Zaitan was actually my absolute favorite dragon model out of all of them. So I'm super stoked to actually start going for legendary weapons just because of this and how, like, the themes and how they look to begin with. Very mm. excited. Um, and I wasn't sure if they were going to address if they were going to continue the story. So I'm very excited that there is going to be a uh whatever they end up calling it but a living world six right mm -hmm. very excited so i think it's gonna be great because i love the story and i love lore so that's a huge thing for me so it's gonna be awesome <laughs> oh. i agree challenge modes my body is ready i cannot imagine the challenge modes for the last two strike missions it's gonna be wild um <laughs> legendary weapons i haven't really started that uh with the orin set but i am actually really interested to see how you would acquire the different skins i hope there is some sort of quest line that is associated with each of the dragons or is it going to be, be achievements crew god achievements which are basically quest lines which i another thing i would kind of hope they rework uh, yeah um but um also season six not only did we get confirmation of the next season because i feel like season one is being treated in a way as its own season it gives them a chance to maybe retcon some things polish some things up yes. eliminate the fat of the story if they're like actually that didn't happen um but they're also going on to season six which <laughs> as confirmation and this isn't just the only confirmation of the future there is a huge one at the very end but to even get word that they're already working on season six on top of season one paints a much brighter timeline for me in terms of like we'll get season one relatively quickly and then hopefully by the end of the year season six will really start to to kick off and we can get back into cantha i'm trying to remember when the season came out after path of fire and and also it was like, half thorns. Pa it was uh, pretty of thorns quick was like 
nine months. Path of Fire was like a month after. Yeah, Path of Fire was quick. But yeah, yeah. Alphonse was more hmm, interesting. This is so exciting. I'm so happy. I, I've seen some people who were like, oh, so all we're getting is living season one, so they're not doing anything new garbage. And I'm yeah. like, what? Did you not read? You didn't read the post. Then. <laughs> so you need to go back and read the post and really read it. And then you're going to get it because um, this is definitely confirmation of the story after. And there's so many ways that they could start this, take this, do this. I mean, I've seen people talking about everything from um, the Largos and the strange disruption undersea. And when we get some kind of map that's like an underwater city, but that, you know, would have land areas in it even. No, kind of like we're the going to dwarfs. So it's it's going to be dwarfs. Okay, yeah, it's all dwarfs. You're right, Deborah. <laughs> um, I've seen people talk about Raisu Palace and how we have information about trying to reclaim that from the Risen. Like, all sorts of different things. There are yeah. so many uh, paths they could take. They could even just talk about the continuing, like, feuding factions and how they're going to, in this world, um, in the years to come or in the months to come, how they're going to come together or not. Uh, so there's a lot of places to start with and then jump off from with Cantha. So having that is fantastic. I mean, also, these strikes are so good, Kruf, and I am just as excited as you because, like, Really, truly, I think you tweeted something not too long ago that was like, if this is the future of endgame content, I am so okay with it. And I was like, yes. And then Kruf and I ran them together on stream. Thanks again for that. That was we fun. We did. Was fun. <laughs> um, and it was such a blast. Like the range of difficulty in these, I think, great. Um, I hope with the CMs that we see them all be you know fairly difficult content right again like if this is end game content then yes let's definitely have this bar be fairly high on these and let's get into it and those last two i'm sure are going to be absolutely ridiculous um but they have such a good starting point and i'm really excited to see how they continue to do that uh and then obviously these legendaries like i've never made a legendary before but i as you all know i kind of like orin so and the elder dragons are like all right i guess so the fact that they are all elder dragon themed uh yeah i'm super pumped about it <laughs> i'm like actually planning for the first time ever to try and get them um so i think this is a great just a great little section there's a lot of great stuff in this i haven't actually done the, the strikes yeah the big thing for me that's just one <laughs> it's kind of like my, my running joke where i'm like i want to do everything in the game like, being more new, like, there's so many things that I can do. Like, I haven't been around since day one, so I didn't do it when it was live, so I can go back and do this, that, and other thing. And I'm like, I'm going to fully 100% everything and whatever. And then I get really excited about the story. Yeah. And then I rush the story. And then I wanted to be ready for End of Dragons. And so, not like rushes in, um, didn't appreciate the story, but I only did the story rather than anything else. And I did the same thing for Icebrood because I wanted to be ready for... Uh, for End of Dragons, and then I did the same thing with End of Dragons because I wanted to save the exploration to to play with my husband. And now I'm going, okay, so there's going to be a season one and a season six. So I have to actually plan this out and finish my 100%ing of these maps and go back and do all of the core Tyria stuff and then the living. And so the only thing for me is I'm just like, it's a good thing because it's it's good content, but I don't want to get sucked in too quick. <laughs> it's hard because of where they could take it and i just yeah because i'm like i have so many things i really should have had a list and taken my time I mean, but the i have thing is, story like, is scheduling good. we have to schedule yeah. as well if you've done story you're up to date with stuff really honestly i mean the map completion thankfully and there's little stories in there which you know it might give you some little snippets and information but thankfully i think like the story at least because it is very linear um it's not like 
ESO, for example, I've talked about this before, is a little bit easier to drop in. You can just drop it anywhere because they don't have a chronological order as far as they're concerned. Like they mm. literally, like game director told me, it was like, we want people to go in here and play from where they want to play. Like if they want to play the latest expansion, if they want to go to Greymore, like West Skyrim, they can go there first and then they can c complete core game if they want to. Like there's no linear order. They're all just adventures that happen, um, which is cool. Uh, I do like a linear story as well, but like you can play it linearly. Uh, and then people, but, but they adjust like voice acting and stuff to the fact where they're like, oh, hey, you, I remember you when you kicked me in the knee or something. I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, wow <laughs> that is all when you shot me in the knee with an arrow um, <laughs> but like <laughs> come on it was this, this Skyrim joke had to come out um, but yeah so that, like that in that respect thankfully people I mean inevitably as well you know they're gonna have this you might even be able to relive some of the stuff in a way, just hand in hand, as people start to remember bits and bobs when they re-release like these newer episodes, sorry, the new version of the episode from back in the day, you'll probably start to see other achievements popping up and redos. Like there's loads, they were talking about, I'm not sure if it was in the blog post somewhere else, there's loads of achievements from back then that got deleted because right. they don't exist, the content doesn't exist. So there's loads of content, loads of achievements that people have other people can't get so they're going to bring those back so there's going to be loads of little extra bits and bobs that's why that's exciting as well it's very cool it is like what's there there was something specific in there yeah like the legendaries as well the new skins like that's going to be sick. Like, I, I want to know that one specific thing like do you have to make the Aurene legendary and then you change the skin or is it that you get different parts completely or is it like that's the thing like i want to uh, you know what i want i want a blog post just on that but i also want a video i want a video i want to see them i want to see how they you look do good they do look good but we've only seen one they iteration haven't we see we've seen the great sword or the sword or whatever it was there are files in the game I have not seen them, so I will not, not they look. look. They look good, so I'm. I, that's all I will say. Okay. Um, let's see if there's anything else we need to really go over there. I'm in the challenge mode. Awesome. I need. I'm actually running an event on the Lightbringers Guild this Saturday. Ooh. Yeah, blind. I'm going in blind. I'm gonna lead it. <laughs> so if you want to come. If you want to come, you are more than welcome to come. If I'm around, I could pop in. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing some strikes. Yeah, hey, I do love it. I'm out of town this weekend, but I would love to sometime. They're fun. I, I started uh, this morning, so oh, they're man, a lot of fun. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I just haven't had the time, and I was like, oh, I want to do an event, so flip it. I'll do a general board fun. But they're daily, Jebro. You have to do them every day. Every mm -hmm. single day. I don't, you gotta I don't, farm that currency because everything's so expensive. I don't subscribe to the doing dailies anymore. Anymore, <laughs> I got too much other stuff to do. I'm just like, nah, I can't do that anymore. I just, you I'm have to just get gone. the mystic coins, man. Didn't you hear the big debacle? I've got like 4K mystic coins. <laughs> okay. What about the clovers for legendary <laughs> yeah. Orin weapons? Yeah, but I've, I'm play PvP. Yeah, clovers ain't a problem either. 
what about your rep in the community, Jebro? Like, you got to do it every day if you're a serious, committed player to Guild Wars 2. I'm 40. I don't care what other people think about me. <laughs> Jebro, why aren't you playing the Strike that there's another dwarf infusion in the merchant? Wait, is there? Yeah. Are you totally. serious? I'm lying. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Proof <laughs> you're the worst person. Uh, the combat oh, dwarf tonic. That was the worst combat dwarf you tonic. Are actually, yes, there is in the DRMs. Okay, That's the one. only reason I farmed them, other than to get. Yeah. That is the reason why I played DRMs to death because you can get a dwarf. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was <laughs> I really do though. Um, like... <laughs> but there is a bit. You... So, so, I don't know if Andrew's seen it, but I don't know if any of you know know about it because you might not be interested in dwarfs. But you can get a, an infusion which you can farm for the marks from the the dwarf DRM and other DRMs if you do daily, where you can get. You turn all gray, like a dwarf. And if you combine that with the gray outline as well, it looks so good. And if you've got glowing parts of your armor, like come off the armor, Rook. I'm serious. <laughs> it oh, looks I good. Just love, I just love watching you talk about something you love, Jebro. You go for oh. it. Tell us about the armor and how it glows when you use the tonic. It's like show and tell from kindergarten. It does. I've not... actually seen it for like transmog contests and it, it's oh, really have. sharp. Like oh, they cool. actually yeah, yeah. look like stone. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's, it is mm -hmm. also. It doesn't show like the. If you've got glow bits, like glowy eyes and stuff, like your eyes come through. So it looks really good with like the uh, Ender Dragon's armor and stuff. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so you can, and I hate you, Griff. Um, yes. If you also hate Griff, <laughs> make sure you go and subscribe to their content. Comment and below. Tell them. <laughs> yeah, comment below. <laughs> oh my god, I thought there was another one. I was so excited. I was like, yes, tomorrow's gonna be amazing. Anyway. I was gonna say, why aren't you giving in to our peer pressure? But then, then that came out, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Okay. So, next big one. So, yeah, and they talked about the next story content, which is going to be in Canva. So, we're not leaving Canva. So, it is going to be, like, really Canva-themed um, still. So, we're not going off on some, like, random tangent or anything. It's going to be... It's, it's interesting to see, you know, what, what we're doing now. We're talking about the gang. I feel like we're going to go more into the gangs, probably. I think we're going to go... There's loads of way, different directions they can go right now. Yeah. I mean, they can make it up now. They can just do what they want. Yeah. <laughs> they can just bring everyone to camp first. Screw the rest of the world. Just get a camp more like... Yeah, Whatever. more Jade Brotherhood, I think, would be really cool. Because I, like I loved I yeah. loved getting into New Kainang and just seeing them everywhere. And they were obviously, like, yellow. And so, it mm -hmm. like, they were kind of, like... They weren't great, but they're fine because of the trade that they do with, like, Junlai. And I'm sitting here going, I didn't know that. So I got into Kainang, and I'm just, like, hitting and slaying every single one. Because I wasn't thinking of, like, the diplomatic wow, thing and the trade and the politics. Wow. So I think it'd be cool to go into that even more. I don't know. Slaying I would everyone. love to see, I'd love to see a plot about um, the new villain, Zandri, who's a mass murderer. <laughs> oh, that's God. Like, yeah, right. Large you have to just let me do it. Yeah, I, did, I was doing it for like 15 minutes and I'm like, wow, they've really taken over a new Kainang. I can understand why. Because at the time, I wasn't really sure about June either. And so I had mixed feelings and I didn't know like what was going to happen with the story. And I thought she was just like 
I, uh, you know, getting us into a trap and she was actually trying to take over because her sister was, you know, emperor and not her because of, you know, family things that she can't. So I had like this whole thing. And then to hear that she did trade with the Jade Brotherhood. So I got in there and I'm just killing them all. And everybody is just like, nobody says anything. And then I was like, oh my gosh, they're not hostile. I love it. And everybody's like, yeah, the fact that you can do that though is good. The fact that they mm -hmm. had an option where you could attack them, I I was like, look right. at that. It's actually really <laughs> cool detail. Like but it's like, they're not actually good. I mean, they're, they're not, not good, like, bad not in bad. this case either. But yeah, you're in the middle ground where you're like, we can beat you up if we want. Right. Yeah. But it'd be cool to hear more like backstory of them actually doing the trade there, especially for everything going on with the with the jade. But tangent. <laughs> No, it's yeah. good. No, 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 it's it's on point. Like we're thinking about the future, right? And we do know, like from the other article, not a whole lot was elaborated upon with the mm. season, the next season, Living Season Six or Six or whatever they decide to do. If it's another saga or something, um, but they're they just gonna did call mention... it sick. Like, is this gonna be sick? Yes, yeah. Like, it's gonna be sick living season. It's gonna be so um, sick. But they did confirm that a new map and story set in Cantha are in development. So yeah. we probably won't get more information until we're a little bit into living season one on that. Mm -hmm. But um, they are going to at least start it there. But again, like they could go in any direction on this. And I mean, seeing the storytelling, even just like hearing about the little diversions or stuff like Xander, your experience, just like killing them in the streets or like all these different things. We talked a little bit about the beginning story last uh, two weeks ago, I guess now, um, like Gosh, it's going to be so good. I don't know where they're going to take us, but this expansion took storytelling in Guild Wars 2 to such a different level, and I just want to see them keep growing it and keep, you know, investing in it. So I'm really pumped to see where they start with that. And I'm kind of glad, honestly, that they have, like, Living Season 1 to give them a little more breathing time. Like, one, we need it. We just need it for the completion of the game. We need it for the Steam release. It's all really important. It's going to be really fun to go back to. But, like, two, this is a huge horizon for them and of course they don't have to have it all figured out right now they can use it as a way to do a little bit of an epilogue even in cantha but to give themselves a little bit of time to really think about those possibilities and explore the, where they want to head makes sense to me it's interesting to think about they already know the story for the next four or three or four years right now you know that like you know that because they're already building it like you know they've and because they've already got what is going to be something we're going to be talking about very shortly um <laughs> planned out because they know because they know you know you can't just say oh, we're just gonna do it um they must have some idea of how they're gonna get there i mean i remember because my ex-wife used to work for Rarini that like the, you like you just thinking about processes and stuff and you're like yeah i already know what's going on down <laughs> like you know like what <laughs> can you tell me no <laughs> You are my wife. <laughs> like, what is going on here? It's like, I'm signing an NTA. Yeah, I can't tell I you. Like, Damn it. Oh. There, you know, it, it stretches. Um, okay, so I've got on, on my screen right now, I've got the uh, roadmap. Spring Guild Wars 2022. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly go over here and look at this. So, End of Dragons continued to read that bit. Then they've just got like Spring 2022 roadmap, End of Dragons. Um, sorry, March 15th, End of Dragons Polish build, March 29th, Super Adventure Festival. I can't believe that's back already. Jesus, that thing comes around so quick. Um, End of Dragons Polish build, which I just added. 
Um, <laughs> April 19th, Living World. Season 1, Episode 1. April 19th? What? This is less than a month away. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh my god, we're not going to have any episodes about A&D. Well, that's what <laughs> I was saying. That's what I was saying. We're going to get saying. some more going out. Oh my god. Um, next week we can. Um, Junlai J Junkyard Challenge Mode in May 10th, May 24th, Living World Episode 2. So that's a month, so they are going for month by month. Uh, but they're doing kind of overlook challenge mode as well as the new legendary weapon variant on May 24th. So May 24th is probably the biggest day. Um, then we've got June 7th, which is going to be Dragon Bash. I wonder if they're going to introduce different things with that. Anyway. First major one after we've bashed all the dragons. Um. <laughs> People were like, what do we do with Orin now? Like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Can't talk about the death of Ori and nothing really can get upset about that. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. The lips dropped. They the did. Eyes That's grew. true. There was a there was an evil look there I've not seen before. Um <laughs> Who has survived the end of dragons. Nothing gonna kill her now. Knock on wood. She will live forever. Apparently. Or she'll go to sleep. Or she'll take a nap. Or we'll yeah. die, and we won't see the day that she dies. Because she theoretically Great. would outlive us. Although I have some thoughts about being a champion. I have some headcanons, everybody. Like, maybe our lifespan is extended. Who knows? <laughs> oh. I sure have lived longest, probably. So. <laughs> the same. Oh. <laughs> I'm very glad they didn't kill her. I really thought they were going to an end of dragon. So now in my book, she is forever alive. And please don't hurt me, Arena. <laughs> please don't hurt me like crew hurt Jebro about the Dwartonic oh. type deal. That was a that was a wound. That was deep. That was a deep wound. Um Temple Challenge mode June seventh as well, and then twenty eighth of June, which is big, big, big. Balance update and new legendary weapon variant as well. So we've got two of those leading up to June twenty eighth. We've got World V World betas and bonus events will be announced once their dates are locked in. Will World V World be coming alliance wise this year? I don't know. <laughs> I am honestly have Nobody no idea. Knows. I don't think they know either. I don't think they honestly know because they've still got to fix this stuff. Um <clears throat> okay. I'll do future tr further transmissions and then you lot can uh, fight each other in an arena to decide who wants to announce the last bit. Uh, <laughs> we've made some significant strides over the last year when it comes to communicating all of to all of you. Studio updates, blogs, live streams, roadmaps, post-mortems, and more. It's been very gratifying to see our efforts on this front received so positively by the community. Yes. But we want to do more. Moving forward, we'll be publishing a regular state of the game. So if earlier you remembered, I said, oh, Josh used to do this thing before he started at ArenaNet. It was Guild Wars 2 Guru start state of the game. He is now the game director. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I could just think of like it was from that period. It's just nice. State of the game is always like a very general thing as well. It was state of the game for PvP back then, but... Um, Yes, give me all the information. That's good. I want more video. That's what I want. I want more video. Yeah. Give me more video. Give me more pictures. Give us more stuff to interact with. Long blog posts don't appeal to a lot of people nowadays. They just don't. <laughs> we are a less patient people. The blogging people. culture is, is gone. They should start a TikTok. <laughs> I think they've... TikTok. It was like three the, billion. The elite TikToks spec ads could have been great TikToks. Yeah. 
anyway. mean, they did have them on like Instagram. The thing is, TikTok is is a little bit um, of an issue for lots of communities, and I think they might not want to. Because there's a lot of bullying mm -hmm. and lots of other stuff that goes on there that is a little bit questionable. That's the internet. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that is probably in there <laughs> like, as well. That's it's literally Twitter. But like, <laughs> it's but literally Twitter. <laughs> TikTok is a little bit different. I can, I can talk about that another time if you want. Um, <laughs> what else was I reading? Okay, the things. Uh, Set the game blog post to keep you up informed. The latest developments, la la la. Content of these posts will change from, uh, with each iteration, but we hope that they become something you look forward to reading and discussing. There's plenty of... Yeah, we'll do that. We'll read through it, mate. Four hours later, we're <laughs> finished. Uh, who wants to do this last bit? I can wrap it up. I guess. Do it. Go for so it. We have... You were already getting ready. Uh, you... <laughs> I brought out the, the knuckles. So we have the first... <laughs> the... That's not what the title wow. is. All right, I'll pick over it. You I've it got it. We've got the future. <laughs> You want to do wow, a word I'm each? So <laughs> you want to do like that? Oh we just like pop going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, so we have the future confirmed. Not can the, but it's the future confirmed. One last update before we go. We're happy to confirm that there will be a fourth expansion for Guild Wars 2. We mean it when we say we're focused on the long term. This is Woo! a very early confirmation. The earliest we've ever done, in fact. So don't expect news anytime soon. Expansions take a very long time to develop. Plus, there's plenty of cool things to look forward to between now and then. On behalf of the entire ArenaNet team, Thank you for your continued support and from partners. We thank you as well. We sincerely believe that our best years as a studio are ahead of us. A new beginning that starts with Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons. Talk soon, Amy Cullen, Josh, JT, and the Guild Wars 2 team. Expansion for high! Mm -hmm. Very Woo! exciting. We can stop hearing end of development now. Oh, I know. oh my god, really I'm great. still I still don't understand how people kept saying that. I literally saw I, people they say were that last saying week. that, were they? I just I like just last don't... week. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. What? I just, I, I wonder <laughs> yeah. if the it. announcement of it in being so early, or if they're even going into it, has anything to do with the reception for End of Dragons. And how good, like, I wonder if they would have ever announced a fourth expansion if End of Dragons didn't, like, double their player base and they didn't get as good of feedback. You know what I mean? Probably not. Because a lot of people did say, you know, I think it's going to hinge on whether or not end of dragons is good if it's end of development i don't think it was that serious but i i just wonder if any of this really would have been talked about if it wasn't as hyped you know what i mean i agree i'm excited i went into end of dragons um not necessarily hyped hyped i was definitely getting exciting excited especially like the day before but i went in with the mindset that this has to show guild wars 2 in the best light possible mm -hmm. considering their history with you know season four was really good but it wasn't really that expansion it didn't even lead into an expansion icebrood saga ended on a bit of a sour note so ultimately end of dragons had to deliver and i think that the quality of the expansion was so high that they saw such good reception that they were like you know what? I, we can do a fourth expansion we're, we're definitely 
already focusing on the long term, we might as well announce like, hey, yeah, we're doing expansion four, so stick around. I think it was really smart to do it here. Uh, granted, we didn't get any concept art like we did back with End of Dragons when they were like, here's a picture of Xinjiang province. I think this is like way <laughs> earlier than that. Right. <laughs> I think yeah, this yeah. is like, I, there's the drawing yeah, board, yeah. everyone. <laughs> well, no, I they're probably they probably, they probably have like one concept art piece and they're like, yeah, that's what we're going for. So it's pre-production. Like they're just like, we've made a decision yeah. to do this. Although although you've got to think, if they're doing it, they've already announced another expansion. You've got to think about how many seasons would they potentially have between now and then. And like the previous timeline for that. Because if they've got Living World episodes coming out from next month, you've got April, May, June, July, August. Then... They're not doing Story. it. I think they're doing I it monthly. They, yeah. No, because they're not. It's not. There's. There won't be an there, episode in June. There? Oh, no, it June, goes one, June, two. June, that's true. I think they'll take a month break, then do three, four, do a month break, and then do but five, and then do summer as six. well, right? I guess. And, and then do season six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're definitely taking June break. I thought they were doing it monthly. But you're right. So what? Like, even if we, even if we say like earlier September is the end. Even if we just say that, just even if I they just take the one month. I think the end will be. I think the end will be the like, end of the year. October, November. Yeah. Okay. Season one should end then. Yeah, yeah. Then season six could start end November, early December. Yeah. And I mean, Good roughly time. two years is generally about the tempo for other games with their mm -hmm. expansions. Like that hasn't always been the case with Guild Wars 2. And of course, that's kind of unique because Guild Wars 2 also offers a lot more in those living seasons than most MMOs do as far as, you know, patch content between expansions go. Um, they really create almost a miniature expansion experience because you get maps and all kinds of things um, yeah. and you know, sometimes entirely new like mounts or features that are added to the game. So mm. it's something where I personally feel like, you know, roughly two years. They've talked a bit about how it seems like production with End of Dragon, at least just from what I've heard. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Like the actual like push of real development with it seems like it was about two years obviously they were planning longer than that but um it, so it's one of those things for me where like that would seem comfortable and that would give us you know yeah finish this year out living season one span of living season two next year see what happened or living season six feasibly uh next year um like see where that takes us as far as story goes and what that could lead into um, I mean, either way, I have to like, I just have to agree with them. I really do think that if they are able to keep working the way that they are, that that statement that our best years are ahead of us, I, oh, I just love it for so many reasons. I love it for so many reasons because you hear so much about like the peak of the game being Heart of Thorns and stuff like that. And there were a lot of things nah, that were so- not now. <laughs> no, I know, but like, <laughs> but like for a long time, you heard that in the community, right? And that it's all been downhill since then. And yet, I think we saw innovation. I think we saw all kinds of qualities in the game that have been so promising and so fantastic. And Kruf, just like you were saying, like this expansion was crucial. Again, I don't think it's necessarily like in a, uh, like you were saying, Xander, like it's not necessarily in a like, this would have been the end of all things. But I mean, this 10 year marker for MMOs, I think is something that's pretty massive. Like, is your game getting so outdated you need to look to a future iteration? Is the player base declining? Is it growing? Yeah. Are your sales greater than ever? 
if they can really address the things that need to be addressed, they provided this expansion that I really think does showcase a lot of the absolute best parts of Guild Wars 2. Um, there's a lot of growth still to do. There's a lot of things still to do, but it feels like for the first time we got an expansion where like the vision and the potential of this game was so crystal clear. And I was like, yes, this, this would be the future. This is the future. If they can keep doing this and if they can keep up with what they're saying, like, I think we're going to find that trust just rebuilding step by step from here on out. Um, and I am like so excited for that because it's like, so many people have played this game for so long for a reason and it deserves to shine it deserves to have this and i'm i'm honestly just like so i'm so pumped i'm just so ready i was, I was just thinking like while you were talking about that like 10 years i was 30 and i started playing this i'm 40 now and it's like you know it, it's like holy crap <laughs> that that is a different point that is a different Mm -hmm. Imagine you're for that. You were you were all you're both you're both for thirty now. Proof is twenty one. Okay. I was eleven <laughs> when I started playing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's incredible. It that's is. so good. And and like just like the different. I was a baby. The different stages of your life, like going through like an MMORPG, and for that to still appeal to you all those years later, when you go through different points of life, and like Kruf, you've been through way more stages in that time um you start to get a little bit slower as you get older but like it's just it, it is like and to still be able to appeal to people and change with the times is is amazing and they've definitely had their pitfalls at times there's definitely been their moments but like i think as long as they can you can come back that's really really good and it, it does change people's lives you know and i'm not going to rattle on about mine and how much has changed mine but like it, it's pretty i'm ex i'm excited this is a good the good blog post and a good probably a good place to end actually but like just thinking about the future of like we did a whole podcast and just the blog post again <laughs> um and not talking about end of dragons and we're on season two episode two of this podcast and we've barely we've talked about all the first map and fishing and like, <laughs> arena net slow down calm and yourself y'all are killing it too much too much content you're all serving right. Me a minute, like it's, I just need to catch up. Um, but like, yeah, next next week we'll do some we'll do some Ender Dragons. We'll talk about skips. Um, wait, do we talk about skips next time? We're just gonna talk about skips. We're gonna yeah, talk we'll about the next, the next map. Bone. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's not just gonna be uh, skips, skips. I'm joking. But we're gonna just talk, detective drama. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about each character time. We'll do second map. We'll talk about skips, and we'll talk about some story stuff loose story stuff because i want to do like proper story in like one go and also i don't know if i want to do some specific story episodes as well. i'm not sure but we should talk about the story because it's good um but by the time episode. well so we should do an narrative episode i actually thought we could play the story um and talk about an episode that could be a separate thing but like anyway We'll see. Anyone else want to say anything else before we start to outro? I'm just excited. Just excited. <laughs> yep. That's big. That's that good. Part. That part. Okay. Good stuff. Well, that's going to be the end of the Librings podcast. I'm sorry that this wasn't live uh, on Twitch at the time. I'm sad. Uh, I believe uh, it's not. It that we still did the same show. I'm sure it would have been yeah. exactly the same. Um, it's just nice to see all the people in chat because I keep looking at chat all the time as well. So it's weird <laughs> like, to do the podcast and not have that interaction. Um, 
but yeah i hope you enjoy this wherever or not you're watching and listening on youtube spotify itunes all the things um Kroof, tell us what you do where you do it and no question <laughs> oh, you're excited this is, this is what i deserve it's been it's, um, been, it's been a long one so <laughs> hat is baddie i'm Kroof. i do a lot of youtube stuff more Guild Wars 2 videos are going to be coming out. I probably will transition to more build stuff and just overall, you know, general gameplay. Um, I also stream on Twitch. I almost said here on Twitch, but we're not live on Twitch. <laughs> I stream on Twitch Tuesdays through Saturdays. I'm going to be playing Elden Ring now, my very first Souls game. So I'm excited about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, am I missing anything? I don't think Twitter, so. Twitter, Kroof, what is your Twitter. actual page oh. on Twitch? <laughs> On tw oh yeah, it's Kroof <laughs> underscore, and on Twitter it's just uh, at Kroof. Uh, I love me a good Twitter. My Twitter, I like it a lot. It's a wild time. <laughs> just, yeah. From hiding at arena net to I d from having a ball cap. I mean, <laughs> you know, from a ball <laughs> setting or whatever. It's a wild time. We shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> Zandri's come back as well. Hello. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for coming back. It's been awesome to have you here. Tell yeah, us course. all the things about your stuff. Um, Sell yourself. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I do uh, content full-time as well. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Xandri. It's two I's at the end, not an I-L. People used to confuse that all the time. <laughs> not so much now. Um, and then on the YouTube, it's Xandri, so T-E-H, Xandri, uh, and the same for the Twitter, which is where I am mostly... Uh, if I'm not live or posting YouTube content. And I'll be mainly in Guild Wars 2 trying to do all of the things that I didn't do uh, before Season 1 and Sab. I'm very excited for Sab because I didn't get to do as much of it when it came around last year. So that'll be fun. And I'll also be starting SWOTOR. So I'm really excited to uh, let you guys know what Ooh, I think of that. Yes, that is. They, they redid all of the uh, starting game which is cool. Yeah. I heard, that. I heard people weren't that. like super excited about all of it for everything that they did for like all of the new content, but it's, I haven't looked at it at all. So I'm excited. It's, it's broken <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. Um, but yeah, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Awesome. I'm very glad to have you here. Also, everyone watching and listening, check out everyone's information in the uh, description. I'm going to put a link from everyone from their chosen content that they want you to follow, but then you can go there and you can follow them, all the things, and also from what they've said as well. And last but certainly not least, Rook is here and will tell you where you can find all of their stuff and bits and bobs. Yes, you can find me everywhere at Rookery. So um, I'm usually live at least two days a week on Twitch. Um, sometimes you'll catch me in the morning doing stuff, uh, but I'm usually live on my own channel at least two days a week. Uh, and then I'm live on podcasts. We've got Lightbringers on Friday, obviously. And then on Saturdays, I am a co-host of Eighth Right Radio, which is Gamer Escapes Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Uh, and then I usually try to get at least one or more YouTube videos up a week. Uh, we do everything there from playing through new content. So my End of Dragons playthrough is going to be going up uh, hopefully by Monday. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, but you can also find my playthroughs of other content as well as various other uh, lore-related materials or um, even covers of some of the songs and I might have a little 
something in the works this year for Guild Wars 2. Uh, maybe dressed as Kazmir. Uh, but I will have more news about that sometime soon. So be sure to follow and keep an eye out um, because we do a lot of stuff. And it's always great to see you wherever you are. And you can also find me Twitter and also on Instagram. Um, the only difference is that on Twitter, I am Rook, uh, Rookery underscore because I am a thieving stealer and I am, you know, just, I'm coasting off of Kruf's brilliance. So, uh, rookery <laughs> underscore. <laughs> I invented the underscore. I yes, you did. Apparently. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> Pardon me. I've been clearing my throat too much. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much, Rook, as well. Rookery. <clears throat> I'm Jebro. Twitch.tv slash Jebro. Unity, you can find me on YouTube and Twitter and instagram all the things um anchor is where the podcast is so you can that should all be linked in the description support me if you want to i stream uh, the most three days a week at the moment um content creation is still my i guess the main way i make money <laughs> but like is also only three days a week because i'm an intern as a mental health counselor so if you do want to support me in doing all the things you can subscribe you can Donate, you can join on YouTube, and please do all the same things with these awesome people as well that have had them on podcast today, including buying their... going through their link for buying End of Dragons as well, which I'll ask them for, and I always put at the bottom uh, in the description for the expansion as well, so you can go and purchase through their links if you want to support them or you want to support me, whoever. Just use one of those links. Tell your friends and give them the link as well. Otherwise, we're going to see you next week i will definitely have a show next week i'm not sure i mean like i said before probably the next map <laughs> we've still got loads to talk about um on the Lightbringers podcast episode three next week thanks so much for watching take care and have a bath if you like them uh <laughs> see you soon that was a weird note to go out on it, it was but <laughs> baths are great <laughs> I, like, I really nice like baths I'm, I'm gonna have a bath soon like I'm gonna have one Did later finish thing because I was talking with Wood of Potatoes the other day and it was just like all about baths okay I'm doing an outro Chris. <laughs> give me a second we can talk about it okay next time on the podcast episode 3 season 2 baths British or not see you next time <laughs>